welcome everybody to episode 22 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Colotti, at Gelati LOL. Along with me tonight, we have John George, at the Esports Plug. How are we doing, everybody? And Chris Chung, at Prime Time. Evening. And unfortunately, Calvin T, uh, at Ruler Arsama, is without us tonight. Or we are without Calvin tonight. I'm just going to... He's without us. I'm He's just gonna, I'm just gonna you know pretend that I know how to speak English. We don't miss him. Bit, He's so. missing us. Wow. He is definitely missing us. Wow. Shots fired. All <laughs> right, guys. So I didn't really have a big picture topic prepared for this week. Uh, we have a couple of listener questions left, but we're gonna need more of those to roll in. I'll have to put you know reach out on Twitter to see if anybody can ship us more of those but i figure we'll open up with uh, a listener question from at woodstock wins uh listener to the show very active on twitter good follower he says does preparation time make a difference and how so so i think preparation time makes a huge difference so i think i think what he means was i remember when he asked this question it was uh preparation time meaning if one team has like an extra week like if maybe if one if one team had to play a match on Thursday, and the other team didn't have to play a match that week, and they're going to play each other on Sunday. Oh yeah, I think th- I think that's a big difference maker. I think like even it. I don't think it makes as big. A, it, it's weird. On one end, I don't think it makes as huge a difference as it does in like professional sports. But on the other hand, I think it does, but for different reasons. Because I, I don't think like the the fatigue element is as big a deal as people make it out to be in esports. But strategically, I think it makes a huge deal, especially if it's like on a new patch or coming yeah. off of a big tournament. Uh, part yeah, part of the reason I was so big on TOP last week was that they they only had they didn't have to play like the entire week, so they got to watch everybody else mm-hmm. play on this patch, see what everyone else was doing. And, the, and RNG too. RNG didn't have to play a game for almost a month. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the fatigue matters that much. I think it's all about being able to game plan yeah, for what strategies the opponents are using. And I think it goes without saying, but I think it matters a lot who the team is, too. There's some teams I don't think that preparation gives them that much of an advantage, but other teams I think giving them prep time gives them a huge advantage. Just depends which teams. Like, the teams that are able to to react on the fly versus the teams that aren't able to do that kind of stuff, there's some teams that could really use a week of prep time for a matchup, whereas a team like G2 I think could just pop in there and go for it. I think prep time still helps them a lot because they're extremely creative and they can do all kinds of wild stuff, but I don't think they need it as much as a team as some of the other teams around. Like Splice. Uh, Splice, I think having prep time will help them a lot. Yeah, I think oh, team, yeah. yeah. Teams that play pretty like vanilla, like the same style every game, uh, or they have like a set game plan that they, almost, they rarely deviate from, it, it matters a little bit less, but even then, a lot of the times, like they can cater their plan to specifically what they're playing against that week, or even just making sure they're getting their bands right yeah. and stuff like that. That that kind of stuff can be a really big deal too. Yeah, I think it, 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 preparation and like having film on another team matters so much because I would say like eighty percent of a League of Legends game. You guys might not agree with this, but I would say like seventy-five, eighty percent of a League of Legends game is decided on like before the game starts in the draft. And there's exceptions, obviously, otherwise this would be boring and everyone would predict everything and it would be easy, right? There's exceptions to this. There's some teams that don't know how to execute on a pass. They don't know how to play a certain champion. There's teams that can play their way out of a paper bag. Uh, sometimes it doesn't matter, 
but I'd say a lot of the time it does. Like you can, you can't like guarantee a win's going to happen in the draft, but you, there's usually a pretty sizable edge for one team in a draft. So it's it's very rare that you see one that's like very very even, unless the patch is like conducive to that. So prepping, even prepping for picks and bans, I think is just like a huge deal. And you get to see film if a team's cheesy, all sorts of stuff like that. I, I think prep time's a huge deal. I give a lot of I, I put a lot of weight on it unless the team is just like way way worse or way way better than the other team, and even then, especially prep time matters a lot for me, especially coming off of big like breaks. Yes, like the yes. week we came back from Rift Rivals, that's a good situation where it's like okay, you had all these teams that didn't go to Rift Rivals preparing for the team that they were going to face that that week coming out of Rift Rivals, and they got to watch film on the other team. That's a huge huge advantage. Now, you can make an argument that it's an advantage for the other team getting to practice against the international competition, which is, you know, good, but generally speaking, and that's what, I mean, we saw not a ton of upsets, but we saw a handful of upsets this week, or the week coming out back from Rift Rivals this year, right? Yeah, and we also saw that multiple years. I mean, I've been only in this for, like, what, two seasons, and each time they come back from international events, you see a you see other teams have caught up to them, those who got the extra time to prepare, especially in MSI where only one team is sent to represent the region. All the other teams just elevated their game on, at the week they come back from uh, the, the when the region starts back again. Yeah, and I, th- I think, like, th- there's cases where it almost doesn't matter. Like, Echo Fox having an extra week to prepare against, you know, Liquid's <laughs> not going to matter, Yes, right. let's pick on that team that no, will no longer exist soon. Yeah, but I mean, there's also like the whole angle of we we talk about this one a lot. And it's kind of a different topic, but there's also the whole concept we always talk about of bad teams with more time to prepare are going to cover more ground, and that's not because they have the chops to cover more ground. It's just that you know if you're you know at the bottom of the tree and you're climbing up, you can get to like halfway up a tree with an extra week to prepare. The other team can't climb higher than the top branch of the tree, right? Mm-hmm. So there, I think there's teams that have like higher potential ceilings, and they can kind of break through that. But for the most part, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna take bad teams to upset in like weeks where they had extra time to prepare, or maybe they only have one. You see this in the LK, LCK and the LPL a lot, where the, a team only has one match in a week, just because the rotating schedule they use. Where again, this is TOP last week or whatever. Uh, or no, it was RNG. RNG only had the one match. So, or no, it was TOP. TOP only had, like, the one match. So I was like, and JDG had two. Mm-hmm. And they played, like, Sunday or Monday the week after, like, week before. So, yeah, pre- I think preparation time makes a pretty big difference. And, you know, for all the reasons we stated. You guys got anything else in this one? No, I would I would agree with that. Yeah, this is a uh, good question. Well. Thank you at Woodstock Wins. Uh we have one more banked for him. I'm going to save that for next week, or if we get time tonight. But uh, we'll put a we'll put a call out to get more listener questions in for next week, and keep sending them in. It's always fun. All right. I didn't see any notable news other than uh, apparently the the fake news of Forgiven going to a TCL team, and you know. Echo Fox still being Echo Fox, Jin Air still being Jin Air. What about forgiven to fly quest? Man. <laughs> I, I know that's your team, John, and I would be all for it. I don't know if Fly Quest will pull the trigger. I would like for it to happen. 
I don't know if I told we, them they needed to get Faker a year and a half ago, so I don't know. FlyQuest will <laughs> take their trade for me, I don't think. The difference is Faker actually has a team. Forgiven does not. Yeah. yeah, back then, though, his contract was like up, and I was like, FlyQuest, get in there, buddy. We could use Faker over here. They didn't listen to me, but oh, we they'd can, be better. We can cover it more when you get to NA, but I know you, you've expressed concerns that you think like Wild Turtle might just be cooked at this point. I don't know if we want to save that for me. And Wild Turtle is literally my favorite player of all time. I love Wild Turtle. And I, I just I think maybe his time's over. But we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to NA. Yeah, well, I think we'll, we'll cover that when we get to NA. Uh, so let's open up. Let's go in a different order this week. Let's do the LPL first. Yeah, let's do it. Let's mix let's it up. Mix it up. So we'll go to the LPL. Uh, this is week eight uh, of what is it, 11, I think they play? It's like the 11, week 11 is like a half, or 12 is like a half week, I think. So, Yeah, the Dude. leagues are kind of out of sync right now with yeah. how close they are to playoffs. The LEC is dragging behind. It's a, everybody's kind of out of sync. It's interesting. Yeah, there's fewer series to be played in the LCK, though, so it ends up, like, evening out. So, all right. Uh, Friday we have Billy Billy. Oh, my God. Here we go. <laughs> so Friday we have Billy Billy minus 455 against Vici plus 290. The I guess the I'm gonna say the Vici plus one point five is at minus one sixteen. Save so is the Billy Billy minus one point five. I don't think I'll end up betting this game. If I was gonna bet it, it would definitely be the plus or minus one point five. Yeah, I don't think I would bet either one of these money lines for sure. This is like this game feels like a trap to me. I don't I don't know why I'm just getting a weird vibe from it, but like so. Billy Billy are kind of doing like the bad the bad version of Griffin impression right now. I think I talked about this a little bit on Twitter the other day, but Billy Billy are doing this thing where like they're trying to play like Griffin plays, like the super discipline. We're just going to outlane you, and then we're going to wait for you to mess up, and then we're going to like choke you out, right? Mm-hmm. The problem Griffin's been having recently is that they play that style, and they just Lost. at some point at some point they say, "I'm not waiting for this anymore." They take a play and they lose off of it. And I feel like Billy Billy's kind of been doing the same thing, and I, it almost doesn't surprise me because it's the LPL. It's really, really hard to resist doing all this stuff every single game <laughs> when all these other teams are just like going wild on you. But I Vici's feel like one of those teams that usually gets a game, man. Like Vici's one of those teams that, that finds a way to get a game in unlikely situations all the time. OMG used to be like that too, and they've they've gotten a little bit better to the point where I think it's more like you'd expect them to get a game more often. But I, I don't know. I don't like betting the minus one point five against Vici. I think I'll probably just avoid the series overall. Yeah, I'm. This feels like you should be betting it because, like, it would not surprise me at all to see Billy Billy just like win thirty minutes, win thirty two minutes, or something. Just like a good clean victory from them, taking care of business. But it also wouldn't surprise me to see one of these games just evolve into a total clown fiesta, like the LPL <laughs> does in the second half of this, you know, summer it's split. It. Yes. Uh, I didn't. I talked briefly about it, but it's, I, I've I got absolutely crushed playing the second half of the LPL last season. It like absolutely destroyed my bankroll last year. I was I was really good all year, and that was like my my enemy. Like that that killed me at the end of the year. That put me into the red, like in yield and all that. So, and the one thing I learned from it is the LPL summer, the season is so, so long. The LPL teams play so many games, and it just goes on and on and on. You have all these substitutions, and they travel, and there's just all this stuff going on. 
I don't know if it's just the design of the LPL, but it, it feels like more of these teams mail it in faster. Like, that goes for the good teams and the bad teams. So, th- this game feels like a trap to me. I I might end up betting it, but I'm not putting any kind of heavy heavy money on this. Would you do the minus 1.5? Uh, yeah, I mean, it has to be the minus 1.5, I think, <laughs> for Billy Billy. I, I think that's the side, but... Because Vici's not a good team. But Vici've been... Like, this, this whole calendar year, Vici have been not lethargic like they were, like, the last two calendar years. Like, they've actually been, like, punching back and trying to... They've been, like, what we want to see bad teams do. Like, they try to start fights. They're not trying to... They they don't want to let the other teams, like, do their thing. So they're trying. They're just not very good. So... BLG has been one of our, like, most consistently overrated teams, though. Yeah, like, as a, as a cast, I think we were... overvalued. Yeah. yeah. I think we... Because we were really high on them going into this season, and they started off, like, you know, like we thought they would. They confirmed our... Yeah, we got a little confirmation bias. They get sparks of brilliance that make us go like, "Wow, this is this could be a really good team," and then they fall flat a lot as well. So, my long and short of it, I think like, what is it? Really, it's just like Kuro and ADD are so good that it's like so tempting to just be like, "Oh no, those guys are so good! Like they got to win this game." I don't know. They just, like, this, it, they're still a, a, an over 500 team. They're 13-11 in games this season. So it's not like this is a bad team. They're, they're probably going to be a playoff team. But we kind of had these guys on a tier that was... We had them as better than the rest of the LPL, but not as good as the top five teams. Like, we yeah. had them exactly six. Like, they were the gatekeepers, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's the case anymore. Like, I think they're worse than that. And I think the Elite Five teams are, like, better the Elite Five teams being RNG, Fun Plus, Invictus, EDG, and um, who am I forgetting? Top Sports. Yep. So, or Top Esports. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Billy Billy, I'm just getting. They've just been a weird team. They've just been. It, it, they look like they're just getting bored. So, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's. If they're suffering the same fate Griffin is, or if I'm overthinking this and this is just like a slam dunk Billy Billy minus 1.5. It probably is, to be honest. I don't. VC's really bad. I- I'm gonna pass this for now, though. Yep. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna pass this one. Has anybody? So I, I feel like Vici's probably been pretty good for DFS, right? Because they're probably just dirt cheap. You just put anybody you want if you as like a filler. Well, but you don't you don't want to play them because they're not gonna right. win. They're not gonna win. That's the biggest thing you want to uh, have is a team that might actually take a game if they're cheap enough or win outright, but... I, I don't really ever roster anybody unless I think their team's going to win the series. Mm. Like, literally... It used to be with the old pricing, the way the DK used to price it. Right. Sometimes you would have to throw somebody away and play, like, a losing player. But they changed their pricing system and this entire split, I haven't had to roster anybody that I didn't think was going to win their match. Yeah, I think the, the captain slot, when they moved to that format, helped a lot because that was the only way to win before. Yeah, I don't, the I don't only way to win before was like, okay, uh, put a, you know, I'm gonna put this on 37, and there it goes. Like if it, if I win, I win, right? It's like playing craps, right? And I think with the captain slot, that's, I mean, there's some randomness to it, obviously. The captain but, slot has just caused people to make way more mistakes. I think yeah. like DFS became yeah. more profitable because of it, because people 
people prioritize incorrectly on the captain spot. Yeah, and you're, right. there's fewer splits, which is just good for anybody that's winning. Like, if you're just good at this and you're winning, like, the splits just kill like you. John. Like John. Like <laughs> John. You're right. But anyway, yeah, I don't think this game's too exciting. I was going to say, Cube's actually been pretty good for them. Just played yeah, five was... games. Fine. I, mean, I need more data points. I was going to say, I don't want to overreact. This is VG, so... Alright, uh, the other game we have JDG. This is an interesting one. Uh, JDG minus 208 against Victory 5 plus 150. The JDG minus 1.5 is at plus 136. Feels like Victory 5 to me, man. Feels like <laughs> plus 150. Victory Dude, is so bad, but this is the game that they. I feel like JDG come out and smash it, like just completely smash this game, and then everyone's like, oh my god, JDG's so good. Look how good they are. And then they come out and lose to like OMG next week. Like. Yep. They are right next. All right, so these two teams are right next to each other in the standings. Well, like the game standings. Like if you look at these two teams on paper, this is a slam dunk like victory five bet. Like all, almost all the metrics are basically even for both of these teams. Uh, victory five actually has like a crazy high like damage per gold as a team because they're playing this like double solo lane setup where they're you know basically never playing tanks or utility champions. They're just playing two carries mm-hmm. at any given time. For those that don't know, so uh, Molen, it's it's usually Molen Windy. They played the new guy, yes. Elias. I don't know. Elias. I had no, no idea about him. But it's all season long, it's been Mole and uh, Windy. And Victory 5 are kind of trying to do what – it's almost like a Dota strategy where you have just like a one, you know, a, a one and a two mm-hmm. where you have like just general carry – it's not designated to top lane. It's not designated to any spot where they're trying to. They're just playing matchups and and lane swapping. The problem is they're both primarily mid laners, and neither of them can. Neither of them is like a like a good like world class top. They're just functioning and trying to benefit off good matchups. And as professional players, sometimes that's enough. Like that can just get you by, and that's what they've been, like that when they win, they're just winning because they get good matchups by lane swap by being willing to lane swap. Are we what? gonna eventually hit a hit a level where that is completely optimal because players are actually good enough that they can play the top lane and mid lane champions? Because I, I think we're if, kind of if there. Yeah, if your mid and your top laner can play all the relevant champions, then that's absolutely what you should be doing. And yeah. so the the question is whether or not we get to the point like, do people have enough time to be able to learn how to play all the champions they need to play for mid and top to be able to swap? Because, I mean, G2 kind of does the same thing with perks yeah. and caps and wonder. They'll all switch around when they need to to try to get favorable matchups. It seems like that might be the future. I think I think it is, but a lot of it's like meta like meta and pass dependent. Uh, so, yeah. like, right now, really for the entirety of Season 9, almost, it hasn't really been a tank meta. The tanks have been out of the jungle, if anywhere, and support. Yeah. So, Season 9 has been more of like a three, three and a half core situation where, you know, for a long, long time, we had a situation where it was like, okay, top plays a tank, jungle probably plays a tank, and then you have two hyper carries, and that's the format. That's like classic two core, right? Yeah. League of Legends in general, in general, damage is better than survivability right now in the game, Mm -hmm. like the way it's designed. And I think Riot, like, pushed the game in that direction with the Season 9 patches and the directions they went. So... In theory, I think something like what G2 is doing, something like what Victory 5 is trying to do, uh, it makes sense, actually. Like, right now, 
you don't like because there are dedicated tank players, right? We thought like Chang Hong before he retired, right? Chang Hong uh, is a, it was Chang a great Hong. tank player, right? That was mm. his thing. He not that he couldn't play the carries, but it's a huge drop off, and he was the guy playing Scion and Cho'Gath and Maokai, like all this stuff, like even when they weren't meta, that was his thing, and that was that gave this team an identity. Now their identity is a little bit different. Which is fine, and I think the you can get away with this kind of thing now because of the direction the game's in. Like, there's we're we're seeing a level of this to the point where, that I've never seen before. Like, this is like season one before they like define the meta game of like how the game's supposed to be played. This is like preseason one style stuff where it's like, oh yeah, I got Corky. Uh, he got countered by this champion. Oh, let's just send him top lane. You just do that now. And it's not just with certain flex. Like, there's very few champions that are being played in the solo lanes right now that, like, can't flex. Azir, yeah. Even Azir. Azir used to be a champion that you were like, he has to be mid lane. He, needs the, short, yeah. he needs the short lane. And even now, teams are just like, no, nah, I'll put him top. Whatever. If he's against a melee, he'll manage. Right? Like, he just shove. Yeah, but so, I think that's probably the future of League. I think like, it is, too. Even in the, even the bot lane. Like, you could play your AD carry in the top lane and play somebody in a support mage, in the bot yeah. lane if you wanted. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the future, but it the players are going to have to expand champion pools to the point where they're efficient at doing it. Yeah, I think the, the interesting – and this maybe this should have been the opening topic, right? <laughs> but it, it's interesting because I think non – I think as viewers, people tend to forget just how good these players are. Like, if you put – if you put double lift in just a solo queue game playing top lane, it doesn't matter – that he's not a top lane player. Like, for solo queue purposes, like, a lot of these guys do play other roles. Easy yeah, but it would matter if he was playing against an LCS top lane. Exactly. If he was playing against another professional quality player or, like, a ridiculously good solo queue player at their role, like a specialist, yeah. then it might matter. There's a lot of the fundamental, like, yeah, there's some nuanced stuff about the different lanes, but these guys are so good at this game that it almost does, it almost surprised me we haven't seen this sooner. It's just the meta is so fluid. It's actually it's amazing to watch. It's really fun. It's really high variance, but it's really really fun because the meta right now you could there, it's just so wide open. Like the world's your oyster, mm-hmm. and the the flexibility. And we're seeing certain teams abuse that. I don't think Victory Five are one of the good examples of that. No. No. I think yeah, they're no. like we're trying it, but they're they're definitely not like. G2 is the team you should look yeah, at. G- yeah, I agree. Why this can be great. I agree. And G2 are willing to roll swap. They're still willing to funnel. Like, G2 are really kind of... I don't want to make this the full G2 show. But like, G2 really are just breaking the mold on a lot of things. It's it's mm-hmm. it's a really fun team to watch. And, but you know what? They just have excellent players. That's why they can mm-hmm. do that. Right. Yeah. They have excellent players with just gigantic champion pools that can do everything. This is... By the way... Going back before the season, do you guys remember how many people were freaking out about Perks playing AD Carry and how it's going to be a problem? Yep. I said they were going to be bad in spring before the season started, and mm-hmm. I very quickly changed my tune on that. Yeah, it turns just out just bowlers going to ball, right? Like, that's yeah. that's really what it, like, it comes down to, right? <laughs> yeah. It adjusted so fast. And I think especially – I've been saying it all season, but we're kind of – you know, as it goes on, we're getting more data points, and we're definitely seeing it. It turns out – I mean, in what like think of all the regions? Are there is there any team that's like outperforming their play, like their individual talent? Because I think right now, like this is the most that individual talents mattered in League of Legends since probably season three. Mm-hmm. 
Like, think, like, is there, like, who is the great, like, I think King Zone is the best example, right? Where King Zone is, like, a, the greater than the sum of their parts team. Cause you look at, like, I mean, Nahun's been great. I gotta give him mad props. He's been yes. excellent this season for the most part. And Rascal as well. But still, you look at Nahun and Rascal, like, they're not, look at the competition those two guys are playing against in solo leagues yeah. in Korea. Or in international competition too. They're, They've been impressive, and they still can't hold a torch to some of these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than King Zone, I don't know who Splice maybe, but Splice have good players. So I, I'm trying to think of a team like in any of the regions that's like greater than the sum of their parts, like a high like and is like a top team because there's not many, right? Like there's just not. Whereas say before, that again. Say, say that again. So think about. Teams that are greater than the sum of their parts and like are one of the top teams in their region. Well, meaning right like right now it's, it's hard. Like FlyQuest last split was right. a team that I would have said was like yeah. better than some of their parts. CLG, mm-hmm. I guess, is the other example. Yeah, CLG. CLG is a good example. Yeah. So CL, I think CLG, Kingzone, uh, Spring Split, FlyQuest. Yeah, I mean, there's not. See there's what I'm saying? A- like, there's really not many, and and that's never been the case before. Like. In years past, it's always been that there's just a handful of these teams that are like, you know, third, fourth best in their region that are just, you know, they're just a good team. Maybe Origin, but Origin have really, really good players. So, Well, Origin's the same as FlyQuest for me. Like in spring, I thought they were overperforming the sum of their parts. And now I think they're kind of coming back down to earth. They haven't been that good in summer. Yeah, I, th- I think bringing this back into the LPL like the reason I'm we, we've talked about all this is that victory five are trying to be one of these break the mold teams the difference is it, they just haven't been able to execute against better teams than them like at the end of the day they're trying all this stuff they're trying to be versatile but they're only being versatile with their solo lanes they're not incorporating AD carry or jungle into any of this it's just windy and mole picking matchups getting good matchups they are their two best players. So I, I I appreciate that they're trying to play around their two best players. Unfortunately for them, their two best players can't hang against a lot of these LPL teams. So getting this back to JDG and Victory Five, we we always say JD, the one thing JDG does have is that their top trio is very very good. Do we think the whole Victory Five swapping everything up is enough to overcome this, or is this just strictly a value bet? Because I look at this team and JDG, JDG should be worlds better than this team, but they're not. So it's to me, Victory it's just five. Is Victory Five? I I predicted to be very good in spring, or like pretty good in spring, and they weren't. But they're like showing me some flashes in summer. Like summer, I've seen some really impressive games from Victory Five and some impressive series. They've just been very very up and down this entire split. And I think I, I think they've been they've had higher highs for me than JDG this split. So maybe so is minus one eighty nine too much to pay for the plus one point five here for them to take a game? Because I think that's too much to pay for me. Yeah, I don't I don't like betting the plus one point five anyway. I like taking Victory Five money line just as a value pick here. Because I if you look at these teams like their metrics and their statistics and everything, they're just the same team. And they, they, they function much the same way. They play in much the same way. They're both really aggressive. They're both willing to take 50-50 fights, and they're both focused around their top trios, right? Yeah, and they have very similar results, like Victory 5's 10 and 12, JD's 11 and 13. Yeah, they're right they're next very to, each close other. to each other. Yeah, they're very, yeah. very close. All their differential stats are very similar. Victory 5's got higher, higher damage numbers, I think, 
if I remember. Let me just double check. Isn't it sad that one of these teams actually has a shot at Worlds and the other one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to live in that sad shot. universe. But <laughs> I think. I think just a small side thing, but I think it's. I think for me, IG is like almost for sure qualifying on circuit points. I don't think they're mm. going to win summer. Hmm. Ooh. And so Ooh. if they don't win summer, then they're qualifying on their their points, and JDG's dead pretty much unless they win the gauntlet. Wow. Okay, that's like a little bit of a hot take. I mean, I know you're really high. On I just don't RNG, think they're but... super incentivized to win the to win summer, and I really like the way some of the other teams are looking. RNG in particular, I I think yeah, I kind of not care that much because they're making worlds no matter what. They're gonna do what SK Telecom's gonna do, but they didn't they didn't dig themselves as big a hole as SK Telecom did. So yeah, okay. Um, so I it's victory five. For it's me. victory five. Money line light for me, just because I think the values yeah. the values there. These two teams are basically even. This the the line is not equating that. So Saturday we have RNG minus three twenty three, LNG plus two nineteen. The RNG minus one point five is at plus one oh nine. I know RNG punish us for betting minus one point fives on them, but man, that's tempting. No, that's actually I love the RNG minus one point five, and I hate minus one point fives in China. RNG is a, is a team that does get the two zero, like mm-hmm. Invictus. Invictus doesn't get the two zero, like when they're supposed to get the two zero. <laughs> See, like, the thing is, like RNG are like somewhere between top and Invictus. Like they're not yeah. as egregious as Invictus is at this, but they're not as like a surefire thing as like Fun Plus or or Top Sports is. Right, I would agree with that. They're like three quarters of the way to those teams where like they'll just have like these weird series where Uzi's like. Uzi will just be like, I'm going to try to outplay 1v5, and sometimes he does it, <laughs> and then the other games he loses. So they just have weird series, but maybe we could, I mean, I'll, I'll throw this to you guys. Like, does anybody else just love that RNG is just running the same five people for a change, and they're not dealing with any of this bullshit? Like, they're not swapping, like... I for one M. It's so like it's so relieving to see this team just pick a line. That that did that offseason edition was so so good for this team on so many levels. There like, have been less swaps in general this year. It's something I've taken a lot of notice of. Like D- people switching up their lineups was killing DFS last mm-hmm. year in particular. Just random switch ups all the time. P- the teams in general have been much more consistent this season. Like some of them are making changes, but usually when they make changes, it's like. They're going to put this guy in for the series. We've seen way less of like, we're going to play one jungler in game one and a different jungler in game two and then swap back in game three. We've seen like way less of that. They're giving guys a whole series to play, which I think makes a big difference. I think they're finally catching up to that consistency matters. You want the team to stay together, have that play together, understand communication flows better that way. Yeah, and then a lot of the times when they were switching out the jungler after game one, like, really what went wrong had to do with their comp or something. It didn't have anything to do with, like, this jungler didn't play well. It was just their mm-hmm. comp wasn't built for whatever happened, or they just got outplayed in general, that swapping the jungler wasn't going to save them all of a sudden. Yeah, it's just good to see that they... they... Oh, I think really we could thank Invictus for this, because Invictus was like, look, we're just going to run the same five people for, like, two years, for the most part. And it's like okay, <laughs> They had the Duke and... Duke and they the, the Duke, shy, yeah, Duke and the Shy, but, but you know, I feel like that was more like health or just like fatigue. Yeah, the season so. Lo- I mean, that, that's part of the reason we see more subs in the LPL is that the season is just really long and there's burnouts a thing. So mm-hmm. you're gonna that's that's, but they they're doing it right, I think. So I think the LPL kind of like learned a lot from them. Bring it back to the series. 
we've seen LNG with like one exception have not LNG had a really really easy schedule to start the season. We and we all kind of said that like despite the easy schedule they did actually look pretty impressive and more impressive than we thought they were not just cuz they were beating bad teams but like in the games they actually looked solid, right? I think LNG is a pretty good team. And I, I think I was wrong about my preseason evaluation on them. The thing is this is one of those spots where RNG are like one of the class teams in the LPL and honestly look like they're on a warpath right now. They I they had four weeks to prep. They're dialed in. They're firing on all cylinders. LNG have shown an inability for the most part to they, they struggle against the, the elite teams. They're gonna be competitive against the Billy Billies of the world and the JDGs of the world and, and I don't even know who's in the middle of the table anymore. WE <laughs> But they're going to be competitive against those teams, but they're they're going to have a hard time against like the true like world class teams. I think so. I actually love getting plus money on the on the RNG minus one point five here. I made it my pick of the week. Okay, I swapped yes. my pick of the week. I'm, I'm very confident in the RNG minus one point five. Yeah, 1. I'm, I'm going to be pretty heavy duty on that when it comes around to Saturday. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Anything else on that one? Ooh, that yep. next one's a little saucy. So Ooh. fun plus Phoenix against EDG. Fun plus is minus three seventy. EDG's plus two forty five. The fun plus minus one point five. Oh, so the the plus and minus one point fives are at like the same number. So minus one fifteen or just even whatever with the vig. So, dude, fun plus is good. EDG is also good. I do think fun plus is like half a tier higher than EDG. But this number is like off, man. I'm gonna yeah, be on EDG one, here. This one really messes with me because I think Fun Plus is gonna win, but plus two forty five on EDG is like and EDG is a high. good team. Like they're a EDG's good team, definitely a good team, and they're pl- and plus two forty five is a big number. So I- I'm not really sure what I'm gonna do with this game yet because I really do think Fun Plus is gonna win, but that number is that number is very big. Yeah, that that's like. Yeah, minus three seventy is like unbettable outside of like including it in like a parlay yeah. or something. I'm definitely but... not betting Fun Plus. I think they're gonna win. The question is just whether or not I'm gonna bet EDG at plus two forty five. I think I probably abstain just because I really think FPX is gonna win. But that number is really big on EDG. One second, I'm just checking one thing. So like, I think the 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 matchup to watch here is is the top lane matchup because Gim Gimgoon's been really really good this season. Gimgoon's actually been amazing this season. He's having the best split of his career, and it's a, I think it's a big reason why Fun Plus have. Just, I mean, Fun Plus are are good. They've always been good, but I think the big a big part of the reason why they're they're dominant this split one is the revenge tour factor. <laughs> <laughs> Two is that Gimgoon has just been a monster. He's been so so good this split. Now, Jinu has also been a monster this split, and Jinu yeah. is a guy that absolutely tries really hard to just dumpster lane, right? Yeah. To me, Jinu's like the key to this matchup. Like, if he's able to bust the top lane matchup open against, because th- I think that's the closest thing to a mismatch on this on the map with these two teams. I would agree with that, and it's again like Gimgoon. You could say Gimgoon's probably the worst player on that team, which is saying something about how good F Fun Plus is, by the way. But yeah, if Gimgoon's like the the worst player on your team and he's still playing at the level he's playing at, I I, I think that's the matchup to watch. Is what I'm pointing out here. I, I'm going to be on a little bit on the EDG money line because I think this is while I think these two teams are like half a tier apart. 
you have to factor in the fact that FunPlus just lost their first series. Uh, EDG is coming off of a couple. EDG just lost RNG too, so uh, they're coming off the same. Oh no, they played Invictus. FunPlus was Invictus, that's right. But they're both coming off losses to a good team. Uh, I just think the number is too high. Like, yeah, way I, too I don't high. blame anybody at all for betting EDG there. I might end up betting them myself. It's just too good enough. The plus one point five at that number is good enough for me too, because this this could be a three game series. This feels like a three game series to me. Yes, 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 yes. I would. All right. Uh, Sunday we have. Oh, this is a really interesting one for a bottom of the table matchup. Actually, so we have uh, Rogue Warriors minus one fifteen, Dominus minus one fifteen. A lot of lot of vague at my book, but uh, you know, is this is this the classic spot where we pick a two zero, John? I think so, and I think it's Rogue Warriors. Going but down with the ship? Rogue Warriors, have, uh, despite the, despite their record, because of their odds, have done very well for me this season, betting them all the time. Because they, they've won some matchups where they were pretty big dogs. Uh, when they beat EDG, I did pretty well there. And I had them in DFS uh, the other day in their last win, and they did very well there. I, I, I don't know. I, I really think Rogue Warriors is on the up and up. They're not going to make the playoffs this season or make any sort of splash, but I think they're on their way up. Yeah, I think Haro is garbage, though. Yeah, just for the record, Haro, they got to get rid of Haro. I, I think I think Rogue Wars, have, Rogue Wars have been like an interesting. I don't want to say like an interesting thought experiment, but like an interesting exercise in. Just because you think a team is on the up and up, you still got to check yourself at like how good you th- they actually are, right? And Rogue Warriors yeah. have been really good about that. This like they've been a good exercise in that this split because I think we all agree Rogue Warriors is improved and they're on the up and up. But and oh, we we're saying the same thing about OMG, right? Both of these teams are still like outside the playoff picture, and I think we were a yeah, little too over we were a little too over excited on OMG. I think, but <sighs> they are improved, so it's it's a matter of like you know splitting the difference, right? Like that's that's the that's the challenge with matchups like this now. Dominus, uh, Dominus ran the new lineup out. They had the new top and the new jungle uh, with Chang Hong's retirement. It was looking like they were just going to run a new top, but they just like swapped up the top side altogether, and they beat JDG. I don't know how much stock we want to put into that, but like that's got to mean something because as frustrating as JDG, no, they they won two to one. Oh Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As frustrating as JDG is. JDG, for the most part, have been a good measuring stick for, like, the rest of the LPL. Like, okay, like, if you could be JDG, you're a playoff team, right? They're the ga- mm-hmm. like they're the gatekeepers in the LPL right. now, right? Uh... Which is, oh, my God, <laughs> depressing, but... So... Gatekeepers to winning the LPL, didn't you watch last split? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> apparently, apparently, I don't know anything, so there's... <laughs> so, you could be JDG, you're a champion. This... This feels like a Rogue Warriors spot, and I think a lot of it has to do. So, Dominus's new top laner looked real natural. He looked really, really good. But it's also one series, and it's against. I mean, it was impressive because it was against JDG. And Zoom does have a good time. I have a lot of respect for Zoom. Zoom's a good player. So, but Holder's been really, really good this season too. Like honestly, maybe he's been, he might be better than Zamuji, right? Like he's been. I think he's been the best player on this team this split. Yeah, I think the the story of Rogue Warriors this split is Wuji taking a little bit of a step back and everybody else taking a step up other than Haro. 
Like, if you look at Haro's, like, DFS scores, it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Like, Mm. even when they win, his scores are abysmal. And to be a jungler in the LPL and have bad scores, like, junglers routinely outscore carries in the LPL because there's so much early action. And Haro's numbers are just abysmal, even when they win. It's, It's... yeah, they got they got to get a, a better early game jungler in there with this team. But well, I think part, I mean is I don't know if Wayne's the answer, and that's who they've run their list. I think he just came in for this the last game in that series, if I remember. The right. last two games, and that's how they reverse swept. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, because I remember because Harry got just bodied by Bademan or Bademan, whatever. Bademan. Oh Bade my Bade. god, they were running. At, yeah. Feels Bademan. That was the, the <laughs> Lord LGD. LGD. So. So, John, you're on Rogue Warriors here? I think obviously, so. Sh- obviously, shop around one. because paying this much juice on this is not good. But if you can get if you can get Rogue Warriors at, like, closer to, like, even, like, actual even, I, 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 I like Rogue Warriors. At these numbers, I kind of don't feel strongly either way for these teams. I'm, I'm, at- I'm in on Dominus being better. Yeah, I, th- I think Dominus should have improved, too, and it kind of depends how much credence you give that JDG win. If you give a lot of value to the JDG win, you should almost certainly be betting Dominus here. But I also I also think depends. like there's a big enough difference in like the, the team just needed a shakeup, and it might not have been JDG specific, but they were Dominus were a solved team. People figured yeah. them out, and the meta was very very bad for them. And maybe this unlocks them a little bit, right? I mean, I'm not saying this, this team's too far down to be a playoff team at this point, but maybe this unlocks Dominus to do like what we're seeing 100 Thieves and uh, to a lesser extent FlyQuest, I guess. Well, what we're seeing like 100 Thieves do it in NA, right? Where it's like, okay, this is a team that we thought was going to be pretty good. Started off really, really bad. Everyone's down on them. Make a change, and they're going to have a good second half, right? Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised to see them make a comeback here. Really so just I- depends. I think in this situation, you got to tell yourself a story one way or the other, right? Because it almost feels like you should absolutely. be, you should definitely be on a side in this game. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I think if you if you like Rogue Warriors talent and their upside, like over the course of the season, like we've been saying all along, then go for it. If you like the new look, Dominus, go for it. I think that's the story. And I don't mind betting both two O's here because you can get uh, over two hundred on both. I believe. I'm going to double check that right now. So. I know the minus one point five for Rogue Wars is plus two eighteen. Dominus two O is one eighty nine, so not quite, you know, arbitrage worthy, but it's pretty close. So I do like whoever you pick in this. I like taking a t- putting a lottery like a small amount on the two O because I think whoever wins this is probably going to run away with it. That I definitely agree with. Whoever I'm going to bet, I'll bet the two. And the and the, va- and the value is like good enough. It's yeah. rare that we it's rare that we see. Plus two hundreds in that number, so right. Is this a mistyping? Yeah. So no, that's right. Um, so Invictus minus four. Last game of the week in the LPL. Uh, Invictus minus four seventy six. We plus three oh nine. The Invictus minus one point five is at minus one thirty seven. This is a classic, classic Invictus <laughs> trap game. No bet for me. Oh my god! I do not bet the Invictus minus one point five. I do not do it, Sam. I am. I was just gonna say like. <laughs> How about 2-1? What's the odds on 2-1? Odds on 2-1. <laughs> I never Actually, bet 2-1 exactly. I know, it always but... feels bad. Odds on 2-1 exactly is plus 200. That's... <laughs> <laughs> That's really tempting. Nope. No bet. Yeah, I mean, not throw 
Okay. I, I, I think I think John's right. John's being the disciplined. <laughs> John's playing. John's being the responsible adult here and just passing on this. So this is really really tempting, and I might throw the Invictus minus one point five in some like bigger parlays, but I'm not betting it. I've I've just been burned by this team too many times. They take too many games off. And we we've been like weirdly better. Like I thought this team was just going to spiral out of control, but they're they're looking pretty good. Like even in their losses, they're being competitive. They're frustrating as hell. Their last series was real bizarre. Yeah, it felt like they should. It felt like they should have won their last series. Yeah, and I, I can't tell exactly what's going on with them to be honest, but they look a lot better. That's for sure. I mean, they look. The thing is, like, they look better than dumpster fire, which is what we thought was going to happen with this team. So I don't know. I don't want to put too much stock into saying like, "Oh yeah, WWE looked better than we thought." Just because it's again, it's the OMG and our and Rogue Warriors thing. Just because they look better than we thought doesn't mean they're good, right? Mm. I tend mm. to I follow a lot of like just weird trends that I notice, and WWE does well when eighty carries are the highest scoring position on DraftKings. Like, there's been periods in the last year where 80 carries were not my preferred, like, person to have in the captain spot if I could because they, they were being outperformed by other positions. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's 80 carries again. And it's just been historically for me, if it's a meta where 80 carries tend to score the most points, WE is usually pretty good. If it's a meta where junglers or mid laners score the most points, WE is not usually as good. And to be just clear, we're, we're not to. saying 80 carry centric metas, it's just scoring. Right. Scoring, right. Yeah, if they're scoring well, then that means that they end up getting most of the scoring. It doesn't necessarily mean that the game is focused around 80 carries. Generally, it means the games are going slightly longer, so there there's team fights where the 80 carries are getting all the kills. WE tends to do w- better. WE, if you look, look at WE's metrics, they should be a better team, right? They have really good income numbers. They have good damage numbers. Like Their vision's not bad. Mystic's been playing out of his mind. He's been playing really well. Yeah, Pauls and Pauls has he was a liability in spring and he's improved a lot. Like he's actually oh, yeah. not. I don't think he's a liability anymore. I mean, he is against like really elite talent. Right. Bayshang's not as good as he was in spring. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the biggest like, spring. I think he's. Thing. I think he's going to be fine. But I, I think people kind of like figured him out, and he's got to like do. So like, there's always this like cat and mouse game of like catching up to. How people have figured you out, and I think Beishang's in that in that point where everyone's caught up to him, and he's going to have to make the next move to like next level people. I think it will happen. He's young, he's talented. I trust him to do that. But uh, right now, he's kind of in like in that weird like even state. Yep, he's the guy that I'm still happy to have on my team if I'm a WE fan. But at the moment, he's not performing great. Yeah, WE to me look like a team that should be better than their record, which is really weird to say because I don't think they're particularly great. But WWE look like they're going to be like the eighth playoff team, I think. They look better than the teams that are hovering around them. Like yeah, LGD, Dominus so far. I think far they look better season. than JDG, too. Yeah. Rogue Warriors, I would I would make them a favorite over Rogue Warriors they played. So, yeah, I'd say they're better than the teams that are hovering around them. Yeah, I mean, them. this team's going to be a playoff team, I'm pretty sure. It's just they're a matter of like, where. Three and so. seven's not a good start. And that's – well, that's the challenge, right? So, here's the other thing with this team. If you look at their schedule – so they've played all the elite team. No, they've missed Invictus until this game. So they're they've played RNG, OMG, Sooning, Fun Plus, LNG, EDG, Top Sports, JDG, Dominus, and Billy. Billy. Oh yeah, they have four very easy matchups. So they have four, four very games. easy matchups coming up. 
LGD, Rogue Warriors, Vici, and Victory Five are all still to be played. They're all, uh, to me, the, all of those are almost slam dunk wins. Like, so that's going to get this team to seven match wins, and that means all they got to do is like break serve on one of these, and they're probably a playoff team. Actually, they might even be like not. They might be like a six or seven seed, not even eight seed. So, uh, I don't know this. I'm not betting the. I might take. I might bet the plus one point five, but it's kind of. I'm probably going to stay away from this one. Anything else in the LPL this week? Let's go to the LCK. Not as exciting as last week, but let's go to LCK. Let me make a quick note there. And okay, so spent a lot of time on the uh, the LPL, but there's actually some really interesting matchups this week. So I figured that deserves a little more time. LCK Friday, we have Damwon minus two seventy against Sandbox plus one ninety three. The Damwon minus one point five is at plus one oh nine. Opinion question for you guys. Go for it. I believe Papa Smithy said it was somebody from the LCK announcing team. I thought I might have been Papa Smithy said on Twitter that right now it's clear that it's Damwon and then everybody else. <laughs> how do you how do you feel about that? I Putting think, Damwon atop the pedestal. I think the only thing SKT has done wrong to not be right there with them is just have a really easy schedule. Like SKT since Rift Rivals have just faced like I think four of the five bottom teams. Like they're well not including themselves, I guess if you want How to many games let me look real quick. But I think SKT's on like a ten game win streak or something. Yeah, I think they've won. I think, it's ten, I think they're like ten and one. Um, Let's see, three, four, five. No, yeah, they're eight. ten and zero. Ten and zero in the LCK since their loss to Griffin. They've also hit 22. every single under. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they beat AT two zero, Gen G two zero, HLE two zero, KT two zero, and Gen Air two zero. So it's the easiest teams in the league for the most part. But they are ten and zero in their last ten games. Yeah. So. Uh, that's what I mean. Like the only thing that they've did is like had the only thing working against SKT is that they've had an easy schedule. But like this is like the Patriots and they're like the Patriots and the AFC North like situation where it's like, can you really fault this team for having like oh they have an easy division? That's why they get to the playoffs every year. But all you can do, all the all a good team can do is smash bad teams. You can't ask yeah. them to do any more than that. Like, and that's what they're doing, and they look good, like really good. They're Freaking clean! They look. This looks. I want this SKT at Worlds. Yeah, definitely. If they're playing like this, or like they did at at MSI and Rift Riot, or even yeah, because they looked great at MSI too. Is this the SKT that's running effort out right now? Uh, they have been running. They have been running effort. Yeah. Um, he's played. I think all of their games in this span. Yeah, they have the a break. few Mata games in there, but it was. I think Mata played in the Gen G series, right? He played. Oh, no, he didn't play in the no, no. He series. played in the KT. I mean the the KT. Yeah, the KT. Then they went back to effort, 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 and we see Rift Rivals. So Mata. I, I gotta see if I can find it, but I, I, it might have been Papa Smith. He was. Uh, it might have been Emily Rand too. I think it was Emily Rand actually wrote a really good article on. You know, is effort the real MVP here? <laughs> Basically, like they've been killing it when he's in. Like, if you look at their game splits is, and like their KDA splits, like they're all the whole team is better when he's playing. But this, I don't know. This is weird because it kind of feels like this could be like the backup quarterback statistics mirage that you see every once in a while in the NFL, where it's like, I mean, I say this because as an Eagles fan, oh man, the Eagles got better numbers when Nick Foles is playing quarterback. <laughs> Nick Foles must be better than Carson Wentz, right? 
Super Bowl champion Nick Foles. For like, you. make no mistake, I love Nick Foles. He was that was like one of those things, fun things ever. But it drove me up a wall. It drove me up a wall seeing people. Oh man, Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, he's getting more targets when Foles is in. Carson Wentz tunnel visions on Zach Ertz. Like this kind of feels like that could be the case here, and I almost feel like it doesn't matter who's in because the rest of the map is playing so well that it does. Faker looks like Faker right now. Faker is in one of these like Eye of the Tiger modes that he gets into <laughs> once in a while, where he's just like reminds everybody he's like, "Yeah, you guys remember me? You remember I'm Wayne Gretzky?" Okay, <laughs> like that's he kind of like reminds everybody every so often. That was and... kind of my argument. Was it feels to me like you can't say that anybody is at the top of the LCK by themselves right now. Because like, even Damwon had, like, what was it, the, the game against... They took a loss. Who was it? Gen G. They lost to Gen G, yeah. right? Yeah, they just took a loss to Gen G. So, I don't know. I I do think Damwon are probably... If, if, if the playoffs happen right now and I had to power rank the LCK teams, I do think Damwon would be the favorite. Oh, who did they lose to? Did they lose to KT? No. They lose two. It wasn't Gen G. Uh At least not according to No, Damwon lost to King Zone. King Zone. They lost two yeah. one to King Zone. I had that pick of the week. So. That was my pick of the week. It was last week, yeah. So they lost to King Zone. That was a really good series, by the way. So And they ran Duran. Oof. Now I'm have to rethink about this. Oh no, Griffin ran Duran. Griffin, sorry, yeah. Yeah, Griffin, so we'll get to that in a second. Um I do think Dan Wan's the best team right now. The problem is the way this team plays is they're they're I don't want to say they're high variance, they're just higher variance than like traditionally like the top LCK, LCK team is. Like in in years like over the course of time, the top LCK team has just been so crisp and so clean that you can reliably bet like two O's on them over and over and over because they're just gonna smash any team that's not in the same ballpark as them. Yep. And I don't think Dan Wan is that way. They're willing to take more risks. Uh because they just, they play this team plays so much like an LPL team. That I I really really love this team because they're to me this is like the perfect hybrid of both styles. Like Damwon are willing to scrap and battle and fight with you and take fifty fifties and it's what makes them like improve. It's I think it's what's helped them improved. Obviously these guys had the chops like before all that. That we saw that in Springs. Like these guys are good players. They're just elite players. They've gotten the macro and the macro is just steadily improving now. To the point where they can just like macro teams out too. They're not relying on their individual skill anymore. It used to be that, that that's what it was. I, I do think Dan one of the best team in the league right now, but I I don't know if they're like far and away like that. That uh, is Papa Smithy, I think you said. Yeah, said I think it was Papa Smithy, but it might have been somebody else from the LCK talent desk. But I will say, however, that uh, I got Dan Wan Futures to win worlds at plus 4,000 a couple weeks ago. It's out of plus two thousand. I like now. that. Yeah, I like that plus four thousand. So quite I got, a bit. I and I got a good amount of money on that. Better too, than my so. KT futures that I took like way <laughs> back in the day. We'll have to do. Uh, maybe we'll do that for sign off tonight. I'll just fire up the. Or maybe we'll do it as an opening topic next week. I know futures are kind of more recreational. Why don't you but... pick your uh, pick your favorite future that you have locked in for the sign off today, and I'll try to find my favorite. Okay. All right, cool. So <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. Anyway, Dan Juan Sandbox. I don't want to. I don't want to overstate. I think it's too easy to look at this series and be like, "Oh, Dan Wan's the best team," and Sandbox has been losing a lot. Like that's too that's that's lazy, overgeneralized analysis of this game, right? Sandbox have like, did we just forget about this team? 
Like I know they haven't been doing well recently. They've they've lost two of their. Le- I mean, they're they're two and two in their last matches. They lost to Genji and they lost to Damn One. Can you fault them for either of those losses? The way Genji looks right now. At the time, I wouldn't think about them losing to Genji was a good look for them, but Genji's been hot, so it's a thinker. Yeah, I mean, they they lost game one to Hanwha Life, which is why I think is going to stick in a lot of people's crawl. But, man, Sandbox... The one thing I've noticed is that Sandbox are winning games, but their solo lanes aren't getting the leads that they were getting before. And I think we talked about this last week, how that team was reliant a lot on, on Dove and Summit, like just being good so that Onfleek could do his thing, whether that was invade the other jungle, set up ganks, whatever. It's Onfleek's had a much harder time this split. So when I look at these matchups, I see like, okay, like Summit Summit Onfleek and Dove should be able to hang against the damn one top three. Before the season started, I would have said they're they're even, right? I just think if you look at recent form, it's so hard to like look at the sandbox top trio and look at the damn one top trio and be like, man, how is damn one not going to smash this, right? Yeah, the bet in general feels like the damn one minus one point five to me. Yeah, I think that is the bet. I don't know if it's heavy duty or not, just because of the nature of damn one. And that I think sandbox, like they're still just good players, but I also think the meta games in a in a kind of a bad spot for the for the bottom lane of Joker and um. Oh my god, Ghost, Ghost. Yeah, sorry. Um, Joker is kind of in the same spot. He's not. It's not the same degree as Senin. But he's kind of in a spot where he he's not quite as good at these non tank supports, and if Yumi and Lux are still just going to be the picks in the meta, like he's he's fine. He's been pretty good on Lux actually, but that's not his style. That's not where like he's playing his best game. He wants to be on Thresh or Alistair or Nautilus, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's a factor you have to consider too. I, I'm probably going to be light on the damn one minus one point five, but this feels like it could be a trap bet. I think I think there's going to be a lot of people that are really heavy on this. Because it looks like a slam dunk, but don't. I'm just saying, don't count Sandbox out. Sandbox is a good team; they have really good players, and they were like the best team in the LCK earlier in the season. Yeah, like I, they're I, on a downswing, but I think we all said that too, right? We we're like, this team's not going to be the best team in the LCK. They had yeah, a really, really hot start, mm-hmm. but they're still a really good team. Like this is a good team in a good region. Again, you know, I'm saying it. You guys don't have to agree with me, but. Uh, probably like damn one minus one point five. This is you know these two teams. By the way, this looks like it could be like one of the Korean games to target for uh, DFS as well because these two yeah, teams should play be really bloody games. Bloody, yes. Should be a reasonably bloody series. Yeah, and very very under owned. Which yeah, I was gonna say these are this is a rare this is a rare situation where I think like the the if you look at the LPL slate on Friday and the LCK slate that I actually think this is probably this might be the bloodiest game on that whole slate. Let's see. Now, Victory, Five. Victory, Victory Five. Five is the bloodiest team in the world. <laughs> like, literally, they're the bloodiest right, So, team like, look at these four games, though. Like, all right, JDG, Victory Five, I'll give you. But this is probably the next bloodiest game, and I yeah, know it's in Korea, which is weird. That's probably bloodier than Billy Billy Vici. I'd have to look at the numbers, but it's probably at least close. I think so. But the way Billy Billy is playing, it's more LCK than LPL. The next one's going to be exciting. Let's go to the next right, one. We have the Toilet Bowl. Hanwha Life minus four seventy six against Jin Air plus three oh six. The Jin Air plus one point five is at plus one oh three. <laughs> Look, if it's gonna happen, this is it. 
I think I'm gonna be in on both the money line and the plus one point five. If Jin Air is gonna plus get one, five. this is it. Go Jin Air. Uh, we said this the first time around, and Hanwha just smashed them. And Hanwha looked pretty good. Hanwha just took a game off Sandbox. You got to get in on the plus one point five at least for Jin Air. I can understand if people don't want to bet the money line, but I think you got to get at least the plus one point five. This so, is a value bet. So Jin Air have won two games this split. They are two and twenty four. <laughs> Oh my god. Like, you just have to put some money on Jin Air at some point this season just to feel good about yourself. I almost, I almost feel like, I, so I bet them against Hanwha the first time around. Or no, I, I bet them, yeah, I bet them yeah, in the Hanwha series the first time. I think we were all on that, yeah. Jin Air's solo lanes are still, like, Jin Air's lanes are doing stuff. They just don't know how to do anything with a lead. It's so frustrating. If my friend was like, yo, I'm going to be homeless, I really need a bet that can like, I can win to not be homeless, I wouldn't give him the Jin Air money line. So I'm not recommending the Jin Air money line to anyone. But I do like the plus 1.5. So, I think the plus 1.5 is a legit. So this is a good this is a good thought exercise, right? At what point – this is kind of like a hallmark of my, my – the style that I've had success with betting league. I think too many people get caught up in just value all the time. The one thing that I've had the ability to do and I've had a lot of success doing is I just call I call BS. Right? Anybody's like at what point do you just have to ignore value and say this team's not gonna do this team's not gonna win a series? It depends on what the value is. Like I bet Kazakhstan to win the to win the <laughs> like Asian League of Legends Cup. Yeah, yeah 50, like plus, plus fifty thousand is whatever. whatever. <laughs> yeah, like it depends what the value is. This is only you know, essentially it's four to one or three to one, right? Yeah, plus three to one. I don't know if you can actually. I might bet it just because I want to bet it, but I, I don't actually think I would recommend betting the Genera. The plus one point five. I have to think they can get a game, man. Genera have actually been getting leads in lanes. Like they're actually good. Their laners have been playing really, really well. I hope they play Malrong in this series because Malrong's actually been okay too. He's been good as like a fire. He would be perfect on like one of these teams that just needs someone to like get things started early. Mm. He'd be he'd be a great LPL jungler, by the way. I'm going to say that right now. One of these LPL teams should look at him because he'd be abs- he'd be outstanding. In the L. He's the first blood king. He's so good at getting first blood. Then they just the don't know what to do with it. It's so frustrating. <laughs> I. Props bet. Props bet. Come on, dude. I like the plus. Am 1. I really gonna bet Jin Air? I w- I think I want to, and I shouldn't. The plus one point five is what I'm gonna do if I do anything here. They're not gonna win this series. I hope I'm wrong. I do. I hope I'm wrong, but I think if, if Hamwa didn't look better recently, I would be all over this. But Hamwa have actually looked, I think, better than they've looked all year. Well, like I'll in the last few series. Jin Air mansion. When this match is over. You can come have dinner at my Jin Air mansion. Okay. <laughs> You're yeah, gonna build you have a, a, private, a private Gled plane in the back? <laughs> it's not even a private jet, it's just a private said Gled plane. To, said it to pick people up. <laughs> Alright, so... If you're gonna bet this... Dude, maybe it is the minus 1.5 for Hanwha. They smashed this team the first time around. It's the only team Hanwha's ever smashed. Coming. That's the thing you can't get... Oh, well, that's different for betting. For DFS, it's like, no one will see this coming. But, like, oh, but you just can't. That's one of those annoying teams where, like, even if you think they're going to upset, you still don't play them because they're so non-bloody that, like, 
Even yeah. if you told me like, hey, I have insider information. Jin Air is going to win this match. I still probably wouldn't play him in DFS yeah. because they're not worth it. They're yeah. not going to score any points. The team spot will save you a lot of money. I feel like Malrong <laughs> might actually be okay. Because Malrong, again, Malrong like tries to make shit happen. Like nonstop, he's trying so hard. He's the, I mean, Root's been pretty good too, but like, I think Malrong is the, 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 the only silver lining for this whole team, really. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, this might be like a situation where it's just like the cold blanket, take the Mahama minus 1.5 at minus 139. Ugh. That's like a lot less fun, I know, but I think it might actually be right. I don't know. I, no rides in my plane for you. Okay. <laughs> if you Jinner, don't bet, I'm going to pick Jinner plus 1.5 for like All a right. minute, like not a lot. You get to have. And I might the talk economy. myself into the Hamla split. I'll take the economy. I'll, I'll take. I'll sit coach. No leg room. I'll sit coach. No leg room. Economy. I'll, I'll sit coach it. on the glad plane ride. I won't get any of the amenities. I won't get uh, the in-flight <laughs> Wi-Fi or anything like that. So in-flight Wi-Fi. Oh my god! All right. So Saturday we have King Zone minus two forty-four. Afrika plus one seventy-eight. This one's super interesting to me. This one is interesting. So was, this, yeah. Go ahead. Good. No, no, it was just uh, at the end. I'll I'll say what I was having in mind. So Afrika, everyone's saying that Afrika have lost me a bunch of money recently, but they also won me money against Griffin. So, so they they I got utterly crushed on them losing to KT this weekend. I got mm. I had a ton of exposure on that match, just got completely blown out by it. However, they did just whoop on Jenner. That's like not even a factor to me. They beat Griffin. <laughs> Two matches ago. And I know Griffin haven't really been in form, but like that's a good I think that's a good measuring stick for Afrika right now. My concern with this team, and I talked a lot about it during that KT series, and I wrote a lot about it. I I have a feeling that this team is, is solved right now. This is a really, really bad metagame for them because I think Senin is a liability if he's not playing a tank like Nautilus or Galio. He's a huge liability, not just like I was hoping over the course of the season he would he would fix this problem like that that factor and he just hasn't at least that not that we've seen and we know that Afrika are not like a total tunnel vision up tempo team but like they want to play up tempo so it's pretty easy it's not easy but like you you can finagle drafts to force Senin onto a maze support or like call Afrika's bluff and be like okay we're gonna not ban Yumi if you're blue side and you're gonna have to pick it right. <clears throat> Or we're not going to be, we'll ban Yumi and we'll leave Lux and force you to pick the Lux. And otherwise, we're just going to get two power picks. That's kind of the situation Afrika is in. So they're playing every game basically with a handicap, right? And they've been able to, to win games anyway. And this has been, it's been like really, it was starting to happen before Rift Rivals, right? So I think this team is a bit figured out. But I also think King Zone haven't really been themselves recently either. This is a really uh, this is an interesting series. I'm interested to hear what you guys think on it. So it's going to be the King Zone minus one point five for me, Bob. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where I'm going to be at too. I think I mean King Zone just be damn one, and I think King Zone's been playing pretty well. And the biggest thing for me though is that there is the mismatch in the bottom lane is so huge. It's ridiculous. It's so huge in this matchup, mm. especially with the way the metagame is right now and the champion pools. It, the the bottom lane, they're just going to destroy the bottom lane, and it's going to be really hard for the top side of Afrika to think, make up for that. Yeah, I think Keen's going to have to be an absolute monster in this series, for, I think, for Afrika to win. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, <sighs> Keenan, you, I don't know. The solo lanes could get it done, but I, I agree with you. Like, the mismatch in the bottom lane is just so drastic. Senden's been... I almost wonder if we're going to see a substitution at this point. Like, and just aiming, just to, just like, loosen really... up the draft, right? Yeah, but aiming's never really been exciting either. He's been fine. Aiming is just exciting. solid. Like, that's what aiming is. Yeah, he's is. been fine. He's fine. You know what aiming, aiming is? Uh, you know, Choose your typical solid NA 80 carry, right? Uh... <laughs> aiming, aiming is a good player. I think he's been on some pretty bad teams in his career, but he's solid. Aiming yeah, he's solid fine. Player. Like, he deserves to be in the league, but he's, he's like... Not he's not an exciting eighty carry. Yeah, and he's got a five point three KDA. I think they're going to get bodied. <laughs> I, I'm a little skeptical. I, I, I'm a little skeptical because I think this is a game that like one of I think the solo lanes could steal one of these games, which is why I'm not like you know Dominique Wool like Dominique Wilkins windmill slam on the minus one point five. I'm probably just yeah. going to be like between light and moderate on it, but. I do think Kings don't win this. I think the, the bot lane matchup is just too ridiculous. It, it's yeah. it's Kings Zone's bottom lane is for my money the best in the world. I think like I, I don't think there's a better bottom lane. I'm including the LPL. Mm. Like who's who's better than this team? You gotta give yep. me some time to think. On bottom that. lanes are kind of out of vogue. At yeah, the there's not a lot of power bottom lanes you in know, any league. You know, I keep like, and we keep saying that like the bot lane matters less, but like Deft and Tucson are just killing it. They're yeah. Deft and Tucson are like stomping matchups where they're countered. So, like yeah. that's the level that they're at. And I know we I mean we were all said we all said it in the beginning like we all said this in spring. I was like, this is gonna be a really good bottom lane. Like these yeah. two are a perfect complement to each other, and that's been the case. I don't know. I I'm I gonna was be very gonna be... worried about their top half, and their top half's been been good. Yeah. So. It's <laughs> this is gonna be a good test of their top half. Because Afrika are I mean we during the spring split it wasn't during the spring split. No, it was like during the first matchup Before. these two teams played, I was on Afrika for the sole reason that I thought the solo lanes were just going to be too much for King's Own solo lanes to handle, but they were okay. And it wasn't the only reason that series went badly, right? So I just think it's so bizarre, like putting this much emphasis on the bottom lane, but I can't emphasize enough, like, how good Deft and Tucson are. It's insane yeah. how good they are. Like, I would put them. Against Uzi and Ming, I'd put them against uh, the I don't know what are the other bot lanes I'm trying. To, I'd put them against G two. I'd put them against G two bot lane. I actually, I actually think they're the best double bot lane in the world. JJ? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, and I think Double Lift and Core JJ are in that conversation. I think they're a top five bot lane in the world. That's probably true. I know that's like they're they're very very good. Like I, th- good. I think I think they're a cut better than even all of those, and those are some like superstar lanes. So. Yeah. Uh, probably light on the King's Zone minus 1.5 for me. Yeah. I'm a little skeptical that the Soul Lanes could steal one here for Afrika. Next yeah. up. <laughs> Ooh, this is juicy. Gen G minus 313, KT plus 221. I'm going to say the KT plus 1.5 is at minus 132. That's probably the most interesting. That's though. the intriguing line for me. So here's the thing. Everybody knows, and I'll just say this: like by the time that this gets out and people are listening to it, the series will already be over. I'm heavy, I'm bookmaxed on on SKT tomorrow against Genji. I'm all over it. More or less, Genji. I don't want to say it's all been luck because Genji have been an improved team, but I would say f- like three and a half to four of their their wins of their of their last uh, eight wins, I would argue have been spoon fed to them. 
more or less, whether it was a bad draft or the enemy team just does some completely asinine shit. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of that. King's, I'm thinking of that Kingzone Baron throw because oh my god, I have, oh my god, I'm traumatized by that. Uh, in other words, what I'm saying is Genji look really, really good right now. I'm going to give them credit for that. I think they looked great in the second game of the Kingzone series. They just bone of, like just, they just dominated that. Right? They looked really, really good against the uh, Sandbox, and I think they're the real deal. Like I think they're improved, but I don't think they're. Improved does not mean that they're like this hot. They're they're riding a hot streak. They're tremendous. I'm just gonna say they're tremendously overrated right now. And the thing, so the thing with this series specifically, I know I'm like brain farted there for a second. The thing with this series in particular is that KT Rolster have really struggled closing leads, like closing with leads. And the one thing Genji has been doing is like finding ways to just like get the other team, like convince the other team to throw the game. I know that's like not a real thing, but it sure as hell seems like it. Are you calling them the JDG of LCK? Kind of, yeah, kind of. Like they don't they play differently. Mm-hmm. Right. I do like that they've been trying to play more up tempo, which is like that makes me happy because that plays towards Peanut's strength, and I think he's one of the better players on this team. I, I think Gen G's going to two zero this, and I'm going to get crucified for this. I know it. Oof. I think Gen G can 2-0 this, because I think KT Rolster are just so, so bad at closing games out, and those are the kind of games that Gen G wins. Like, those are the kind of games where I actually like Gen G is when it goes to late game, because they are a pretty good late game macro team. Like, that's what they do. John, I don't know what you think on this one. You you look like you're brooding over here. I am. This one's this one's a little tough for me. The value's so good on KT, right? Like that's the value so is much. High on KT, I just don't think they're going to win, and I can't decide if I want to pay minus one thirty-two for them to get a game. I do think I think Gen G is going to win, and the only question is how confident I am about whether or not KT can get a game, or if I want to try to bet the Gen G minus one point five. I think my favorite bet in the group is Gen G minus one point five. I hate to say. Yeah, I th- I think. <laughs> the contrarian play is just KT Rolster money line, by the way, because this is exactly the situation. By the way, would it surprise anybody at all to see KT Rolster like just 2 0 this? Like, by no by no means of their own, just Gen G just like turn back into a pumpkin. <laughs> their two week run is over. And that's the frustrating thing, right? I know. You know that Gen G is good enough to beat KT, but Genji is also great enough to trip over themselves and just completely lose everything. Exactly. exactly. Like, Doing it. <laughs> I could see them going like, oh yeah, we're just going to do Gangplank Azir, and uh, oh, oh yeah, I guess we got ran over this game. Alright, well, it's... And then they run it back again the next game, and they just get run over again by like Olaf or something, and that's that. That's and all, this, all of a sudden we have like a KT 2-0 in under 60 minutes or something like that. It's just like, it's like what is going on, right? The, the we're, we're laughing at it, but straight up would not surprise me at all. That's what Genji yeah. does. This is what Genji does. It wouldn't blow my mind, but I, I still think my favorite bet of the group is Genji minus one point five. Yeah, this is going to be a rare gelati bet on the on Genji to do anything. This will be the proof if the curse is real. I mean, we know <laughs> that curse is real. Yeah, you're this right. Will the, this will be the definitive proof to show everyone. I will say that, like, in, in times past where I've, like, finally caved and admitted, like, it was wor- Worlds last year they did it. That was it. So, Worlds last year, all year long I was a Gen G hater. They finally get into the world, into Worlds, and I'm doing my Worlds power rankings last year, and I'm like, man, I, I gotta put them at, like, five or six, I think. Like, I think they're just, like, 
they're running hot, they look good, and they won one game. So, uh, like, <laughs> you're right. This is another curse tester, right? I don't, I'm going to be on Gen G here, probably not for much because it's Gen G, but uh, I wouldn't fault you for taking the King Zone or the the KT Rolster plus 1.5 either, or the KT Rolster money line for that matter. Mm-hmm. Bet on the the high variance Gen G, right? All right, uh, Griffin. Oh, this is a good one. So Griffin plus 111, SK Telecom minus 147. Griffin's minus 250 to take a game. SK Telecom's plus 176 to sweep. This is really tough for me because I, I, I have to think at some point Griffin figure it out. Yeah. But look at the – I think this is a slam dunk SKT minus 1.5. Not really? only because – not because Griffin has been struggling lately, but because look at the matchup record between Griffin and SKT. Like Griffin's Griffin gen, or Griffin almost always chokes against SKT. They yeah. they just get slammed by them almost every time. They did lose earlier in the season. SKT lost earlier in the season to Griffin. But SKT but, also looked awful at the beginning of this season. Exactly. And so with add on to the slight extra addition that Griffin looks a little lost lately, that's not a big factor in this for me. Um, I think I'm going to be pretty heavy on the SKT minus 1.5 at plus 176. That's, I mean, that's a, a number. huge number. If I was betting this series, I'd be betting the 2-0 either way. If I thought Griffin was going to win, I'd bet Griffin 2-0. See, I don't, I don't know if I'm on the 2-0 either, like, either way in this series. I think it's, I think SK Telecom 2-0 is good because the value is just insane. Like, that's ridiculous. But, I mean, it is Griffin. Like, Griffin should be a good team. I think too often people fall into that trap of like these teams are close, so, so it has to be three games. Yeah, yeah. So when really like there's like close, just because the two teams are close doesn't stop one of them from winning two games. Yeah, I think the other angle we we should mention and we briefly mentioned it earlier is that Griffin have been playing Doran over Sword, mm-hmm. and I think that kind of I think that's the kind of move that I could see like a Frika switching out Senen for a series just to loosen up the monotony of, like, they've been figured out, right? Because as it is right now, Sword has been, like, a bit solved, right? Sword is an excellent player. Make no mistake. I'm not saying Sword's a bad player. But Sword is in a situation right now where every other team knows that he's just going to blind do the role. He's going to pick the thing that he's doing every single game. We saw it in in spring, too. He had one job in spring, right? In Mm -hmm. summer, his job has been... Pick the safe blind top laner, pick the priority top laner, and just have lane priority, and that's all you have to do. And that's what he's done. He's had a couple matchups where he smashed when that was his only job anyway because he's good. But yeah. he's had a lot of trouble when they put him on these more nuanced or, like, difficult to navigate, like the Aatrox, right? Like, any time that they've – or they've put him in a situation where he needs to bully because the rest mm-hmm. of his team has bad matchups or something, he hasn't been able to do that. I think maybe because he's had a little too much tunnel vision on like doing his job instead of breaking a game open. I mean, Sword is a good enough player. Sword is not a role player. I, I think I-, I wanted to spell that right now. Like, Sword is a really good player. It's just that the level of competition in the LCK is ridiculous at top lane. It's insane. Very good top laner. So, just like he's going to look like a role player because that's all Griffin need him to do. But I don't know. This this almost feels like a trap, but like the value is just so good on SKT, I, and they've looked so good recently. And they're probably gonna. I think they're gonna win tomorrow too. They're gonna be twelve and zero in their. They're probably there's a very good chance that they're twelve and zero in their last you know twelve games going into this series. 
And I have to think that Griffin get it together at some point or another, but I, I don't know if this is the time. It's like kind of unfortunate timing for them, right? So, for what it's worth, the over two and a half in this is plus one hundred two. So, I, I think that's I, I think that's reasonable. But again, like, don't just think because this is two teams that should be close. Like John said, that it should just automatically go to three games because a lot of times, if one team's just better on the day, they're going to two zero. So they say that a lot, especially about like best of fives. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will predict three two in a best of five when almost really always three one. Like, yeah, or three zero. One team's just better than the other team usually, even if they're close. But okay. Next up, we have a riveting matchup between Damwon and Jin Air. How is Jin Air only plus six nineteen? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> they don't want you. To so plus two hundred two to get a game off Damwon. No thanks. Nope. I want. I want their money line value on the plus one point five, and I still wouldn't bet it. I don't think. <laughs> Dude, you give I'm me like... plus six nineteen on the plus one point five. I think I pass. Yeah, this should be plus a thousand minimum. Yeah. I agree. Uh, this is a hard pass. Uh, I didn't look. Let me take a look at the, the game times on this one. Uh, 21 and a half kills under 33. I actually like the under 33. Damwon should smash this. I do like the Easily. under 33. 33 is a high number for Damwon. They're probably betting, banking on Jenner trying to slow things down, but Damwon's just so, going to So So Damwon, Damwon's interesting because they've played a couple really long games this season, but for the most part, if you, like, take the outliers out, they've been, like, a 30-minute team. Yeah. So I love the under here against a bad team. That's, like, a slam dunk to me. I'm getting my – I mean, I'll pay the juice on that. That's just a slam dunk, I think. I'll probably be maxed on that. Well, we uh... – All right. While we move off the LCK, I've got a bridging topic since Chris has got to run. Go for it. Yeah. While Chris is, is setting up his picks for the Western regions, a quick bridging topic. How do you feel about the health of Aatrox, Gelati? Because I am, I'm real tired of Aatrox because every game that I see Aatrox, I either feel like he's completely worthless or he's completely unstoppable. <laughs> and I hate that fact about Aatrox. Like, it's like if he, if the game is close and he, the first kill in the fight, he gets an assist. It's like, well, other team just can't win. Yeah. Aatrox unstoppable. But the rest of the time, it's like, I'm a, not very tanky guy who's going to jump into the fight at the beginning and just get murdered. Yeah, he's, a, he's, it's a, like he's a bruiser that just dies right away. Yeah, right? just yeah. worthless, or it's just like, oh, you can't win because he got a, he got an assist, and so now he can just play like a moron. It doesn't matter because he just resets. Aatrox is an extremely powerful. I mean, I think it's abundantly clear that he's extremely powerful. Yeah, like, like should they get rid of him? That's my question. Like, should they be nerfing Aatrox or like changing um, him? Because I, I think it's I hate feast or famine champions like that. I haven't looked at the patch nine fifteen notes yet, but or on the PBE, but I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to touch this champion because I think the the change to his ultimate that they did a little while ago is like where they want. I think this is just where they want him to be. I think they want him to be a feast or famine champion. The thing is, when you have feast or famine champions and the upside is just so huge, because there's plenty of these kind of champions in the game, but his upside is just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. He feels unfair. He can like one v four. He looks like yep. a Dota when when this champ works and is like on like playing close to its ceiling. It looks like a Dota carry. For those that don't know, in Dota, carries can literally one v five. Like if you have a really really fed player, like in League of Legends, almost no matter how fed you are, we always I mean we facetiously say one v five, right? There's so much CC and stuff that even if you're yeah. super fed, people just start CCing you and they can kill you. And there's a lot of CC in Dota too, but there's also like better cleansing items. Black yeah. Kingsbar is like better than Quicksilver Sash for that. But like so. In Dota, you can have a fed carry actually 1v5 the enemy team. 
in league that almost ever happens. Aatrox seriously feels like he can sometimes. There's nothing I hate more than like the fight starts, the Aatrox's team gets a kill, and then I have to watch like 10 seconds of Aatrox on 25% health in the middle of the enemy team just bouncing around using all his abilities. No one wants to focus him because he already has his reset. He's just like, I don't have any health, but I don't care, and everybody gets knocked up, and you all take all this damage. I, I hate it, man. I hate it. So I think – I don't know if they're going to change him more. Maybe they – the thing is, if they tone his ceiling down, he's just not going to get played. That's true. Because, like, th- that's the like reason to play him. Before. I, I kind of actually kind of like how it was before. Well, he, before he was broken. I, I, I preferred him before almost. Well, I think you prefer him before in that he was just like he was what he was. It's like his ability was just it felt it felt much different back then. I guess I, I'm being just my viewership is is biasing me, but yeah. like back in the day, it felt like his ultimate got to be useful for like other things, like preventing yourself from being. We're dived. talking like spring split, right? Like not pretty. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. So yeah. Go ahead. It's interesting to me because that champion has overgone. Like it's he's 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 become like the exact polar opposite of what he was. Before, when you had the ultimate, like, you just, okay, it was just an Alistair ultimate or a Trinomere ultimate, right? On, it was a Trinomere ultimate on a champion that's not Trinomere, like on an actual good champion, right? That was unfair. That was really, really busted, right? <laughs> and it was so, so good that, like, he became just this, like, safe pick. Like, the complete opposite. So, at one point, Aatrox was all, like, the, the ult was just so good that he's like Mordekaiser is now, where it's like... You can actually pick this to not lose. Yeah. Like, not to win lane. You can just pick this to not lose. Like, almost like a gangplank almost, right? Where he's really good at just, like, not dying and, like, getting there. Like, managing, right? Now, it's a lot more nuanced. And you're seeing that, right? You're seeing the guys, like, Sword. Sword. I'm not saying, Sword is obviously a good Aatrox player. But, you're seeing him where, when he has to, like, break a matchup. Like, if he needs to be the matchup breaker on the map... He's struggling with it, right? Yeah. Because it's not a free roll anymore. Like, the champ doesn't just, like, face roll anymore. It looks like it in team fights when he gets the ult. Or yeah. when he gets the the, the, the the assist, right? Or the kill. It sure looks like it. But it's more nuanced now. I think they I think they like the place it's in. If anything, they nerf the ceiling a little bit. And if they do that, he's just going to be unplayable. Not unplayable. He's just not going to be a priority pick anymore. That's like um, that's just fine though. And I, I also think, think he's exploitable. Right. There's like half the champions in league don't ever get played. Like it's fine to send Aatrox to hell and just get somebody <laughs> new in but here. The thing is, like I think I mean he's a fun champion to watch. Like visually, like when he pops off in a fight, that's 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 appealing. Like he is it's fun fu- to watch. It's right. fun to watch an Aatrox just like get that, pop off, blow all these cooldowns, and then just like one V five a fight, right? Like it's just really, really fun to watch that happen. But I'll be getting bogged down. I, I think he's fine because I think he's he's punishable enough, like by a okay. lot. And I think you're seeing him succeed in regions where, I mean, look, he's like really. I'm pretty sure I, I don't actually have the numbers on me, but I, I would I would bet that he's like really really good in the LPL and really really bad in the LCK. He's my the reason I don't like him as a better specifically is because he warps like what I think a team's yeah. chances of winning are big time based on how he performs like. If you have a, a team that's a big favorite, but they take Aatrox and he just gets one shot every fight, then suddenly you're, like, giving up all this value on the team that you liked. Yeah. But he's also a team that can, like, if he pops off, he can help a bad team beat a good team. He makes betting very hard, I think. So, Aatrox is the most picked, or he's the most banned champion in the LPL this split. 
Uh, actually, this is his all all win rate. Oh no, this is picks and bans. He is the most picked or banned champion. Um, doesn't surprise me. One sixty four. Oh no, him and Irelia are tied for the most picked and banned champion in the LPL. He has a fifty four fifty four point one seven percent win rate. This split. Irelia has a 45.45. <laughs> Just for comparison, we go over to the LCK, where the thing is, like, he thrives off that those chaotic fights, right? Yeah. We go over to the LCK, he's the fifth most picked or banned. He has a 40.3% win rate. And I think a lot of this, too, is just, like, the quality of solo laners in the, in the LCK. He also gets played in the jungle in the LCK, I think, a little bit more than he does in the LPL, but... The quality of the solo laners in the LCK like make it so that they can actually punish him, like in lane, which is what you have to do. Because if you don't punish him in lane, you just let him get there. Then it's like it's like letting a gangplank free farm, right? So, yeah, little side topic on Aatrox there. I I, f- I feel you though, because there's a lot of times where it's just like, man, I know Senon's gonna get caught, and this Aatrox is just gonna get resets, and goddamn it, like that's <laughs> you just know it. It's just like you you like have the look, you can see the fight. It's like you you were like watching the Matrix. If you're like Neo, it's like. Man, I can see this coming. God damn it. <laughs> Man. This looks Fourth so Diablo, good. <laughs> your team's winning, and they have an Aatrox, and the Aatrox just jumps in and gets blown up. And you're like, well, that guy does fucking nothing. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and then, yeah, and then you're – yeah, exactly. It goes the other way, too. It works both ways. So, All right, let's 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 uh, let's go through the uh, the Western regions here because I think we yeah, have we'll some interesting ones. So we have the LEC on Friday. We have Shalka minus 182, SK Gaming plus 139. Chris likes Shalka here. I think, yeah, I think I like Shulka here, and I think I'm going to bet them as well. Is, minus we, we talked about it last week, but I th- is SKT like probably or not SKT? Oh my god, SK Gaming <laughs> is SK Gaming like the ninth place team? Yeah, and and they're not good. Are they the they're same really tiers really as Excel at this point? I think they're better than Excel, but like, are they in the same ballpark, or are they like clearly better? Because that's I think they're clear, I think they're clearly better than Excel, but I think they're what much worse than they were last. So season. how about SK versus the new Misfits lineup? I'm just um, trying to get a sense of like how you like that. That is like much more like same tier to me. Okay, all right. I'm just trying to get like a ballpark estimation here. So I like Shalka here. I don't know if there's too much to talk about. SK Gaming looked pretty bad. I'm actually willing to lay this like lay 182 on this. Yeah, and I Shalka so. have been like kind of not as reliable as I thought they'd be. But, but I still think they're a cut above. Yeah. I'm happy to pay minus 182. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna pay for this one. Rogue minus 250. What? Against Excel, this one's this one's kind of tough. Dude, for me. is the rogue hype train getting a little too fast? Are we rolling yes, downhill the here? Rogue, the rogue hype train is off the rails. Like this is still just rogue. They're a little They're, bit better than they were last last split. Is rogue all right? So do They're you have working. rogue in a tier above the bottom three teams, or are they in the same tier and they just happen to be the best of the bottom four teams? I think that given some more time, the new Misfits roster will be better than rogue. Okay, so you think Rogue are just in a good spot, right? I mean, I the other thing to remember is Rogue above Misfits and XL, but I, I, people were like taking them against Fnatic the other day, and like, I, yeah, I mean, and, it happened, but <laughs> I mean, I I did, but again, it was just like value pick because the money was too good, right? I think it was like plus two sixty on that. I was like, yeah, this team's playing well enough that I'll take a lottery ticket on it and best of one. So here's yeah, the thing, though, cool. right? This number says that Rogue plays that way the rest of the season. Yeah. Like, the, Rogue have played probably their best five 
or six games of the whole calendar year in their last five or six games. So it's a matter of, do you think this is just the new rogue now? Or do you think they regress a little bit? Well, I do think Inspired is very good. I think their bot lane is very bad. I think Larson is Larson. He's he's always been who he is, which is good, but not like not I don't great. think he's ever going to be like a caps, like a just pop off caps. Yeah, he's just going to be a solid. He's starter. just good. He's good, and Profit is good, and Inspired has been really the standout for me, with the bot lane being really atrocious. So I don't know. It kind of depends for me whether or not I think the bot lane like matchups for them rely on whether I think the other team can abuse their bot lane. I don't think Excel can. So I think I probably just hold off on this one. Yeah, here's the. Th- this reminds me a lot of the Jenner Hanwha series because they're both very bad. Oh, all right. So Rogue's been good, right? But Excel's very, very bad. It's just a matter of like, do you think this is the spot for them? I mean, Rogue aren't making the playoffs, are they? Like for you? I don't think so. I think the they're going ju- to they're just miss. If you think Rogue makes the playoffs, like for anyone out there listening, if you think Rogue makes the playoffs, you're basically saying you think Vitality doesn't make the playoffs. Because there's no way that Rogue is passing somebody else. So it's it's like Rogue versus Vitality. They're both four and six right now. We're gonna get to them in a little bit too, because I I think I think people I have so much bias with that team right now. I think so too. Because like I, I people people I mean, we could just skip right to it. Because so we all right. So I'm 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 gonna pass this. I think two fifty is too much. I'm gonna pass. If this was like one eighty, like Shock SK, I'd pay it. If you gave me XL plus two fifty. Like if you I'll give me the no juice, yeah. the no juice line, I, I'd take Excel plus. Chris, for the record, likes Excel in this matchup. Oh, I could see that. I, I, I don't think the odds are good enough, but uh, maybe they aren't the best. Yeah, I, don't, I think I'm going to pass on that one. Uh, we have because I can't type. We have G2 Esports <laughs> minus three fifty seven against Origin plus two fifty three. This is not a bad spot to take Origin. Nah, I'm gonna or, pass it. Or I'm just not ever beating G2. I'm not betting against G2. That's man. like the worst stylistic matchup for Origin too. Yeah, they cannot handle a team like G2. So no. So worries. we can get to our the match we were just talking about. So we have Splice against Vitality, and we'll just like kind of continue the Vitality conversation we were just having, where people tend to remember people remember highs and lows. It's just how the human brain yeah. works, right? Totally. It's agree. how it's how we sort things out. It's how we filter things. Um, I mean, you know this from playing poker that like that's the hardest part about poker is filtering that out and just making it a bottom line instead of the variance, yeah. right? Vitality have been really up or down this split. <laughs> like when they lose, it looks bad a lot of the but time. But it is by design, and we've talked yeah, about and we've talked about that. It is by des- it is by design. When they're the reason they look so bad is because they're trying to find that five percent way to win a game where they're behind, yeah. and they're just hard inting. In some situations. So, but that's because they're trying to find that spot, and yeah. that's what I want them to do. And I, I agree, because like too many teams are afraid to look bad, and they're yep. definitely not afraid to look bad. They don't care. They're just trying to win. And I, I kind of love that bottom line mentality about this team. They they are so firmly rooted in who they are that I, I almost can never discount Vitality to uh, like upset anybody, honestly. Yep, they're the kind of team that you can bet They're the team you bet against you, too. Yep. But I will say, as a caveat, it's time for Vitality to make some changes. Yeah, in this Jack Troll looks so bad, Jack, man. I'm... Jack Troll's got to go. I think, the, like, Mowgli, I think they could get rid of Mowgli, too. And it's not because I think Mowgli's a terrible player. I just feel like Mowgli hasn't fit very well with what they try Which to do. Which is so weird, right? Because, like, that's exactly what he... 
I was excited when he came over to the team, but it, it feels like maybe you get rid of Mowgli and Jack Troll in this offseason. I want to see you can look at a I want to see you can look at Attila, but I think Attila has shown in a couple of their series that like when he's got a decent support, like he can make things go. The all thing right, is, so. Attila reminds me a lot of he Attila is like a prototypical like tier two and a half carry to me, right? Or like tier two carry. There's we've talked about like the difference in carries before. Like good carries can create without resources. He's never gonna create without resources unless he's on Draven, right? Yeah, I agree. But just I mean, this is the thing. I think people give too much credence to all these, especially eighty carries, because they get they're they're subject to this a lot more. People give so much credit to eighty carries that have like a good KDA and that are spoon fed resources. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, for the, the longest time, it was six A for the longest time. Like everyone's like six A. He's the next great. Young AD carry out of North America. He didn't have to do anything. Even some of the players, though, like even some of the greats, like there's been whole seasons where it's every single argument, every single RNG game was just like Uzi gets forty percent of the team's gold, <laughs> and then Uzi yeah. would get three kills in the late game team fight, and they're like, Uzi, what a god! Yeah. It's like Uzi has four thousand more gold than anybody else in the game. Like, of course he's popping off. Like That's- Uzi is great, but yeah. Yeah. The thing is, uh, we've the the thing with Uzi is that we have seen him play the other side of that and and do it. And but it happens with like double lift and Uzi it and like used some, to be all those lift. eighty carries that get played around a lot. There's there's always people giving them too much credit when the game is like set up for them to do everything. Yeah, I think if you look at double lift three or four years ago, that was one hundred percent the case. I think he's a way way better player in the last like two years than he's. Oh, ever I been. definitely agree with that because too. now he smashes lane. He yep. he can create from behind. Like double lift is an actual eighty carry. I I know I, he might. I mean he's the he's the best North American player. I think. I would say so. And, I would give him the nod over Bjergsen. Yeah, I, I mean I'm giving him credit where it's due, and we've talked about this before too. It's so hard to improve over the course of such a long career. I don't think people realize how difficult that is. He's he's got the right mentality. He's people like to make fun, and he is fun, and he's had like moments where he looks bad or whatever. But like. He has the right mentality. Like he gets it. Like double Very gets few guys it. Guys have had that longevity. Yeah, Very it's impressive. Guys. I have a lot of respect for it. Anyway, uh, so yeah. splice and vitality. Uh, I'm still like splice. I like. <laughs> Man, really? <laughs> I still like splice. I so. I don't think I'm betting them though. At minus two hundred, I don't think I'll bet them. But I, I think splice. I think win. splice is the third best team in Europe. And I don't want that to be the case, but it, it just is. I, Splice is CLG to me, right? I, I saw Splice coming more than I saw CLG did, like coming, right? Like before yeah, the season I started. CLG. I didn't see CLG coming at all. No, I didn't at all. But <laughs> I actually it's... thought they were going to be good in spring, but when they got dumpstered in spring, I was like, I don't see how they get any better for summer. I think they're going to yeah. get worse, and then all of a sudden they're good. I don't it's know. It's just working. And Splice, I think... Splice, all like they do steadily improve. It's just the slow grind with this team, and the I don't know. I, I'm gonna pass this because I just have a. I've, I, my gut is telling me that this is just gonna be like one of these vitality random pop off games, and it's not because I think they're better than Splice. I just don't think. I feel the gut feeling though. I, I, I bet a gut feeling every once in a while, and they're usually right. Yeah, like 200 feels too rich against a high variance team like vitality. If you believe in like consistency and all that, which is what I usually do, but not in best of ones. Yeah. I I don't think I'm going to bet. I think splice is going to win, but I don't think I'm, I've done, I've done really, really well in Europe. This split has been my best region. And we talked about this last week about how, like I'm just agnostic to all the feelings and shit about this region. And 
I think it's been because I've been disciplined and avoided bets like this. Like this, this feels like a trap. This feels like, oh yeah, shoebox money for a splice, right? But again, we talk about vitality. Like this team's playing for their playoff lives right now. Splice are fairly comfortable. I think Splice is a better team. But Vitality just have these spike performances, and it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Jazuke just pop off somehow. I don't, yeah, I don't mind. I'm, I'm, pa- I'm passing on this. Chris likes Splice here. Chris likes G2 in the last series, too. So, um, Fnatic minus 500, Misfits plus 338. Um, I don't know if Fnatic's going to – has there been anything about the Fnatic doing the, the change again, or is that like a one-off? I haven't heard anything about that, but plus three thirty eight for a like a team for that's a as high variance as that Misfits is, and that Misfits team is high variance. Yes, too. they are. I feel like I'm going to end up with some money on Misfits, even though I think Fnatic's definitely the second best team in Europe. Yeah, this I think is this is a half for one unit wager on Misfits for me, just because the value is like too good. Yep, I think that's where I'm at. And like, it's so hard with like younger new teams. Like they they can only they're, they're going to improve like exponentially. I do think Fnatic's really good. And in all likelihood, Fnatic just smashed this game. But I just want to give some props to Misfits, too. I've been saying that they needed to do this for like and they did the it. last five months, and they finally did it. And now I really think they're going to be better once these guys get some stage time and, and everything. I think this team is going to be better than the team that they had. And I, I take, I like to look, we talk about like bad teams improving, but like when you put a new team in, like I said, this team's going to be, the growth's going to be exponential. Where, yeah, you, and- where their ceiling is, is, you know, for debate, but like. They needed to figure out who from this team is LCS quality too, like LEC yeah. quality. You put them in there, you let them play for like five. Oh, I weeks. love the move. I yeah, absolutely love you're the gonna move. Figure out, you're going to figure out if you need to replace one or two of these guys, and next year you can come back with a really strong lineup. I think yeah, I, I, I was a huge fan of it. I love the yeah the the, the roster move itself. Like as a, as a as an organization, I love the move. I know yeah. it looks bad, but they 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 cut bait when they knew to. Like they yeah. they get it. They're like this team's not going to do anything. Let's move on. You see yep. this. In, you see teams that don't do this in pro sports, and they're the most aggravating franchises. Yep. I mean, I totally. know I've got I've got the Flyers here in my hometown <laughs> that have been doing this for thirty years now. Where it's like, nah, you know, we want to be competitive, right? Just do what the Sixers did. Just blow it up. See what you got. Yep. Accrue assets. See what you got in these young players. I, if anything, hell, I'd bring in new challenger players, but on the challenger team too. Yep, I agree. Just bring in. Five new guys, move these guys up, tell the veterans, here's your paycheck, it didn't work out, no offense to you guys, it just didn't work, that's all. Yep. And see what you have in your in your system, develop your talent and everything. So I, I love the move. Uh, I, this is going to be like a half unit lottery ticket for me. I just... Yeah, I'm not going to go big on it, but I think I'd probably go a half I just unit think like lottery. this team's going to just be, tw- they're going to be 30% better than they were last week. And they don't know what they can't do either, which yeah. is something I love about rookies. They don't know what they can't do. Yeah. Sometimes they'll come in there and uh, and just blow the world open with some crazy-ass draft or strategy. Yeah, and they're, they're not – they don't have that fear. Mm. And even, like, watching this team, like, they don't. Like, they're, I don't think they're very good, but yet. But they, they do have – because sometimes when you see rookies come in, they're, like, afraid and you can tell. Like, they're, yeah. they're reserved. Other oh, times they come in and be like, I, this is my shot, man. I'm going for it. And yep. I think typically European players are a lot more like that than North American players are. Yeah. Or even like Korean players are like that too. Like they're a lot more reserved and they're for their they they play to not lose more. And I'm not saying that they do, but it it's more on that end of the spectrum, right? So I like Misfits here, small wager. Uh, Chris likes Fanatics if if they don't do this. If they do the swamp, that's the other thing about betting Misfits here is if Fanatic end up doing the swap thing again. 
all of a sudden you look like a genius, right? Yeah, now you feel really good. Yeah, and all, this is going to go down to like 200 if that happens probably, right? Fnatic also just isn't really incentivized at the moment. They're making the playoffs. Yeah, they're not going to yeah, they don't they don't need to play for anything right now. So Saturday we have um that's I'm talking myself into even more on that. Uh, it's just I'll cap it at a unit probably. That's lottery ticket. Splice minus 143, Shalka plus 110 on Saturday. I love Splice here, man. Me too. I really love Splice. Cuz Shalka for me is just like diet Splice. Yeah, they yeah, they're not as there is not evolved Splice. And they both like care a lot about their AD carry, except Splice is a better AD carry. Yeah, in my opinion. And yeah, I, I really like Splice at minus one forty three. Yeah, I'm gonna be paying probably. I have a best of one limit, and I'm probably Ooh. gonna be at the limit on this one. So we have Vitality minus one sixteen, yeah. Rogue minus one eleven. So Vitality slight favorite over Rogue for everything we've been talking about. Yeah, this we is both good. said Rogue was overhyped. We both said Vitality was undervalued. And I will plant my flag solidly in the ground on Vitality in this game. I've planted my flag so many times on Vitality this season and got crushed, but I'm doing it again. <laughs> yep, it's doing just, it again. Like, how does how does Jizuke not just completely run away with this game, like, by himself? I feel Rogue's, like. Rogue's bot lane is not good enough to take advantage of Vitality. Actual is, is yeah. their bot lane. Like, Cabochard is going to dumpster his matchup. Mowgli's been good. I think Jizuke's better than Larson. And that's giving credit to Larson. And that's giving credit to like, Larson. We're, we're both like impressed with Larson so far, but the the weakness on Vitality is their bot lane, and I'm not trusting Rogue's bot lane to take it. I agree. It I wholeheartedly agree. I also think for a young team, Vitality is Vitality is a really scary team to play against because they don't care, mm-hmm. and Vitality play to smash you. Like they don't they don't play to. You know, they're they're not exactly what I call a disciplined team. They're like a wild stallion, right? They're just kinda like it works or it doesn't and I don't Yeah, that could that could have been a pick of the week. I'm I'm very solid on Vitality. Yeah, I like Vitality a lot here. I like Splice and Vitality. I like that parlay. You put those two together, that's a nice spot too. G two minus six sixty seven, SK plus four nineteen. Nope. I'll probably take any team at over plus four hundred against best of one. Two. Yeah, I'll, pro- I'll probably end up betting SK. I don't feel good about it, but yeah, it's this- such a variant team, and it's plus four hundred for Dude, best. Of this life. this season, I've been making a killing on just half unit lottery tickets in the L- in the LC like mm-hmm. LEC. Just like anybody that gets toward like those plus two fifty or higher numbers, I just like throw half a unit on it. And it's best of yeah, one. Yeah, four four hundred is just too. And much. a best of one is too much, man. And <laughs> I, I and I don't like really, SK either. I can't think of like any team in any region almost like within their region. I think Gen Air is like one of the only teams where I wouldn't take plus four hundred on a best of one. Yeah, there's like almost no teams. Like for, just for for an idea, yeah. the minus six sixty seven implied probability is just short of eighty seven percent. So is this an eighty seven thirteen matchup? Because I almost don't think any best of one is an eighty seven thirteen. Yeah, I don't think any best of one is eighty seven unless 13. it's like literally like a minor it, league team or like an exhibition team or something. Or Gen Air, but yeah, other than man. That. <laughs> hey, you're the one looking to get the private jet, okay? Uh, Misfits minus 154, Excel plus 118. Uh, oh, uh, Chris is also on Splice and Vitality and G2. So, uh, Chris likes Misfits here. This is weird because Chris likes Misfits against Excel, but he likes Excel against Rogue. Yeah. Very interesting, Chris. I think I, it might just be the value, too. I could see that. All right, this could—I mean, it could also just be that he doesn't buy. Ro- He's not buying Rogue. Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to talk to him about it, but I'm pretty sure this is just him saying I'm not buying Rogue. 
Or he's saying, like, okay, they've had their fun back down to Earth now. A little bit, anyway. And I kind of feel that way, right? Like, I don't want to say they're going to crash and burn, because I do think they've established a new plateau. Like, the way it works is you climb up the mountain, you reach a flat or clearing, and you're there for a little while. And then you got to climb up another part of the hill, and you reach another clearing. They're kind of in the spot where, like, I think they've climbed up, and they're at a new spot. They're at a new level now. But I don't think they're climbing to that next level yet, which is why I'm slamming Vitality against them. Now... The thing is, do we do we trust Misfits enough? Yeah, like that's the thing. Like, do do you trust this new Misfits lineup enough to pay one fifty four on it? I think at even money, I would take Misfits. but yeah. I think I'm gonna pass. Yeah, like if this was a pick, I'd take it. Even I if this was like minus one twenty plus one hundred, I'd probably take Misfits. But this is too much. I think I, I, I'm not I'm not comfortable enough paying this with a team I'm not so sure about yet. You know? Yeah. I think I just passed this. Like they're probably the right side, but there's probably some degree of like continuity that Excel has going for them. I don't know. I'm, I'm passing this. Uh, I'd lean misfits though. It's just too rich. Uh, fanatic minus two Oh eight origin plus plus one fifty eight. I quite like fanatic here actually. Really? Cause all right. I gotta, I gotta pull up the playoff picture here because I don't know exactly where origin are at at the moment. So origin, they're, like, they're safe. They're five and five. That's like not that safe though, because vitality and rogue are four and six. Yeah, but I don't think rogue's going to pass them, and I don't think the bottom three teams are going to pass anybody. Yeah, you're right. I think. I think they're. I think they're pretty in the playoffs, but I, I just don't think they hold a candle to fanatic. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. And with I think that. Fnatic's going to be mad. About I also think like just just split. the way origin plays. Again, we keep bringing this up, but like. We like Origin for the way they play. The problem is they don't punch up well. Yeah, and I think Fnatic's just better than yeah, them. Yeah, I, I like 208's a lot, but two, it feels so weird like looking at this and being like, am I going to lay 208 against the team that was like third, like the third best team in the spring? So I think it feels weirder than it actually is. I think Fnatic's a, a big enough – there's a big enough gap there. Like I think G2 is like a full tier above even Fnatic, I think. Oh, definitely. And then G2's I think Fnatic is like a full tier cool. above the rest of the LEC. Yep, that's where I'm at. So, uh, that's the case. I think Fnatic's the bet here. So, there's a lot of really cool things you can do with like parlays in Europe this this weekend. Like, I love the Saturday like Splice Vitality and then Splice Vitality Fnatic as well. And I like tagging on the four game too, and just putting Misfits if you believe in that for like slower maps. Like, I'm gonna be do I'm gonna be doing a lot of that this weekend because. I it doesn't it's not chalk but like you're getting good line value on a lot of these, so I agree. I think it's gonna be a good spot. Uh, Le uh, LCS NALCS Liquid minus two eighty six Optic plus one ninety nine is our first game on Saturday. Chris likes Liquid, dude. I I know Liquid's a tier better than everyone, but getting two hundred on Optic. I'm tempted. Uh, I think Optic's on the way down. I'm tempted, man. See, I don't think they're on the way down like you do, but I, I think I'm going to pass this game. But I'm really tempted by that number. Like, really, really tempted by that number. So, I don't know. There's not, not a whole lot there outside of that. It's just It's a matter of this is a situation where you got to ask yourself, right, because this is one, another one of those spots where – Value. Where does value trump? Okay, they're just not going to be liquid, right? That's what you got to ask yourself in this situation. So I, I'm tempted by the value, but I'm probably going to pass this because I think liquid's really, really good. So, um, we have Cloud Nine 
Minus 333, John's uh, dealing with some pupper doggo aggro at the moment. So, uh, we have Cloud9 minus 333 against FlyQuest plus 227. Chris likes Cloud9. Man, oh man, that's a lot of money for FlyQuest though. You got anything on this? Uh, too loud still. I got you. I got you. All right. So yeah, John, John is dealing with, uh, dogs that we don't want to destroy your eardrums. So, uh, give me thumbs up, thumbs down. Do you like FlyQuest at plus 227? Okay. I can talk for a second okay. there. Uh, I don't think I can take plus 227. I, I just don't, I, I don't like FlyQuest to split. And I think Cloud Nine's underrated right now. Uh, I, here's the thing with Cloud Nine. I'm with you. I do think they're underrated because I think people are looking at the bad games that they've had recently and being like, oh, maybe they're not as good as they are. But Cloud9 always do this. They always do this. Like, they always – they're like Vitality, but, like, a, I think a little bit more stable, right? They're like Vitality in that they, like, look so bad sometimes when they lose. And then, like, they always get – this team always gets a buff at the end of summer. I, I, it's, it's, I know that's, like, BS and you can't totally bet narrative or whatever, but, like – Cloud9 seriously always turn it on in the summer. It's crazy. I have no idea what You're it one is. one of those teams that doesn't mind taking some losses throughout yeah. the season to try things out and move things around and see how things are going. Yeah, and they don't care how things look. Exactly. Cloud9 is an excellent organization just through and through in every yes. game that they do. Like, they know how to build winning teams. Totally agree. And I, I'm with you, man. I It's I really disappointing, I but I, th- I think... And I know we, we kept saying FlyQuest were going to remain competitive, and I, I think they will. They're going to play, but... There's just they don't have it. I, I can't really think of a better way to say it. Like they just they don't have it. This split, it's not happening. And I'm not I'm not going to be on either side of this. I'm yeah, guessing it's too much on Cloud Nine, and I I don't trust FlyQuest enough. Here we go. I love this pick. Yeah, me too. Hundred Thieves plus one hundred five. Golden Guardians minus one forty three. I think the Golden Guardians downfall is a bit overstated. I think people – and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and make this point, like a brief aside here. It's really easy for a team in the Western regions to look worse than they are. It's really easy. I don't think people understand, like, you get to see 18 games from a team. 18 games. That's it. And, they're, and, it's, and it's best of one. Like, you're not even playing a series, really. So – Yeah, it's like 20% of the NBA season. Yeah, and you don't get to it's it's the NFL season. Yeah. <laughs> so there have been a lot of good teams that end up like eight and eight in the NFL. There's a lot of good teams and bad teams that end up with better records and worse records than they have, right? Yeah. I don't think Golden Guardians is this bad. I think they're just preparing for the future. Like they put in the new bottom lane because they want to see what they had because they didn't think they're going to worlds. Yeah. And so they didn't want to they didn't want to waste any more time. They want to figure out what they're going to do next year. And so they're going to look worse because they put in the new guys and they're going to give them a shot and see how it goes. Yeah. And, and I, I like that strategy by Golden Guardians, but I do think it means they're going to fall off the end of this split and not perform. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the FBI who he bot lane so far. I, I respect the chops that both of them have, but I I, I got to see more. Yeah, uh, I, I haven't been super impressed. I with- love 100 Thieves here. I think is the the... The other topic. I don't want to. I don't want to blind. I don't want to blindly say like, "Oh man, this is," like, and just not even talk about Golden Guardians at all because I wanted. I because I did want to say that I was like, this team's not just going to lose out. They're not going to make the playoffs, but I think they're. I, I actually think they'll be the seventh place team. Like I think they're better than Clutch still. Yeah, 
I, th- I I would agree with that, but I still I love 100 Thieves. So here. I love 100 Thieves here for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, one, just the trajectory, right? Yeah. Uh, two, the spot's really good for them, and with Golden Guardians doing all this stuff. Three, I don't know if you saw like a lot of the post game interviews and like the the I, th- I don't know if it was on the the post game lobby or whatever, but they they had an interview with my God, who was it? They asked one of the pl- somebody they were doing an interview with, and they asked them the team that they thought of the bottom tier teams was like the dark horse, and they like without hesitation said it was on the post game lobby. They said without hesitation it was hundred thieves. Yeah. So the other that I know scrims don't always mean a lot, but it means something when it's that definitive, right? I can't remember who it was now. It's gonna. I think it's really definitive just from their play too. Like they figured Although, it out. You know maybe. We might be overstating a little bit because when I look at their record, they have six wins, and four of their six wins are against Echo Fox and FlyQuest. Yeah. Two zero against both. I have felt personally watching this season that Hundred Thieves has looked way better since they made I these agree. changes. But I do start to wonder when I see that if my eyes are, are tricking me by bit. seeing good performances against bad teams and thinking that there's a big step up here. But I still love the this bet is like a See, here's bet. what's interesting, though, is like, so I, I agree with you. Like, I'm not 100% all in on 100 Thieves, but I think they're going to make the playoffs even. I agree. It's a trap. It could be a trap. Like, you don't know if your eyes are deceiving you on this situation because they've beaten a bunch of bad. This was the LNG situation in, in China, this split, right? Where it's like, yeah, they look good. And they do. Like, they actually look good. They're taking care of business against bad teams, but they are playing against bad teams. So yeah. it's tough to put too much weight. On it, but to me, this is like more of an eye test and momentum kind of situation, right? Like, Hundred Thieves look more confident. They look like they figured it out. And the other thing is, in this situation, Golden Guardians isn't that good. So yeah, they haven't been playing super well lately either. I really think the plus one hundred five is. A I actually bad. think this line should be the other way around. Totally agree. I, I think, think this I should think be Hundred exactly Thieves favorite. Like exactly swapped. You're right. Like I think I think minus one forty is the right number. It just should be hundred thieves, and we're getting hundred thieves at plus one hundred five. I think I'm with you in that I'm skeptical. Like I'm I'm a little bit hesitant, but I I think I'm all I'm in on the right side. It's just a matter of like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be best of one maxed on this one, and I might actually go above that. I do that once in a while. I might do four units on this. It just feels right. I don't like doing that on best of ones, but. Hundred Thieves look like they're they're in a good spot. Chris also likes Hundred Thieves here. This might be my pick of the week, actually. I gotta think about it. Uh TSM minus four seventeen, Echo Fox plus two seventy five. I really want a plus two seventy five line against TSM. I do too. Like, I think TSM's bad right now, and I want a plus two seventy five line but against Echo them. Fox but Echo I do Fox. not want it from Echo Fox. I agree. Do not want literally any other team I'd take. Literally any team. other team in the league I'll take two. I'd take I would take this Golden Guardians lineup at that number. Easy. Oh yeah, Definitely. I would say I'd, I'd probably take FlyQuest at that number too. Yeah, I'd take FlyQuest at plus two seventy five. Yeah. No problem. Everyone looks at the Echo Fox teams. Like, oh, but they won three games. FlyQuest has only won four games. Like, dude, just watch the games. Yeah, just watch. <laughs> just, watch just watch. Like, say no more. Uh, CLG minus one eighty five. Clutch plus one thirty five. This is. Am I am I getting a little too overconfident in CLG now just because I think that they're the th- I, I have like in my head definitively planted CLG as the third best team in NA. And it feels really, really weird. It's really hard not to do that, though. I know. They've just been... They're so consistent. Like, they're just good every game. 
Part of that is that NA sucks, though. So, like, I know. Let, me go, let me go down this list. Like, Team Liquid's great. Cloud9 is a very good team. That's then it. you have CLG sitting... Oh, my God. Yeah. CLG is, like... The thing is, like, CLG are, to me, like, what Splice was in Europe last year. Where they're just good, so they're, like, the third best team or the fourth best team. Yeah, because, like, Optic is backsliding. TSM does not look very good recently. 100 Thieves, Clutch, and Golden Guardians are all, like, really inconsistent and have some very bad performance. Yeah, I mean, it's like, just, just cons- the rest of the league sucking is making CLG. Like, consistency means you're the third best team. Like, that's yep. where we're at now with NA. It's like, okay, like, if you're just a 7.5 out of 10 every game, then that's third place. <laughs> like, I guess that's where we're at with this region, but... I also think the optic backslide is a little overrated or a little overstated. I agree. Like they're 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 regressing, but I don't. They're they're still. I think they're going to be fine. They're going to be a playoff team. I think. I think that you shouldn't undersell that either. That they don't. They probably feel pretty comfortable as well. Yeah, that's definitely so, true. Uh, I the thing is, all right. Am I really going to lay one eighty five for CLG? That's the question here, right? Is like. Just because I, I have them third and I have clutch like eighth or whatever, right? In my if I had to like power rank and everything, does that mean that I can justify laying one eighty five on CLG? I don't or- think so. It is worth mentioning that since I I have a lot of respect for McScrag, but since McScrag's been gone, C- uh, clutch has been performing significantly better. Yeah. So I, I don't think I bet clutch this also game. just have really high variance players that can just run away with the game. Yeah, I'm not necessarily sure it's actually related to McScrag at all, but. Just as a as a reference point, yeah, sometimes just a change of pace for a change of pace can be good for everybody. I think I just avoid that one personally. Yeah, like is this? Like, what's, I don't know. Is oh yeah, and and again, like clutch just have enough players that can just spike a game and just like play really really well for one game and then be super inconsistent. That I, it's I, I always feel weird betting against clutch. Because I always feel like at any given time they can just be like, oh, yeah, just rumble, just ten and zero or some shit. Like, that's... <laughs> yeah, I uh, agree with you. Sunday we have Optic minus one fifty two, Golden Guardians plus one eleven. This is another one of those interesting inflection points, right? Chris likes Golden Guardians here. He likes the dogs. I think I like Golden Guardians as well. I'm big on the Optic is falling off train. I'm not as I'm not on the Optic is falling off train. So we're gonna we're gonna butt heads here. So here's the thing. I don't. I don't think like I'm obviously on the optic side of this. The question is whether I want to pay 152 or not. It's all about how much you believe in Medios cuz Dokla sucks Dude, and their Dokla's bot lane okay. No, Dokla sucks and their bot lane's real mediocre. It was all about the Medios Crown connection. And Crown is very good. The Crown is but very I think, good. But I think I think Froggen neutralizes Crown pretty well. Froggen's really good at that. I will give you credit for that. But so like, it's just about if you think Medios is is going to keep popping off, and I, I just I'm not a big believer in Medios, even I've, when they were crushing earlier in dude, the season. It's he's had such a weird career for me because I was one of the few people that was like all over him when he first came in. I said this guy's going to be a monster, and it took a little bit, but pretty pretty quickly, people were like, "Oh yeah, he's good." And then I was the first person to jump off the bandwagon. So I've been pretty good at tracking Medios over his career of like knowing when to get in and get out. I was this this last year I was wrong or last split I was wrong on Hundred Thieves. Or not Hundred Thieves, uh uh was it last last year? I was off on him just altogether. This year I thought this was gonna be a dumpster fire team with a bunch of people collecting a paycheck, and that hasn't been the case. He's been good. Yes, he's been really good. 
I I really like I'm not a big Medios fan over the course of his career. I'm not. I know he's like a fan favorite or whatever. I'm not a fan of him, but I have been pretty good at tracking him. He looks he's playing really well right now. Like he's got it. Like if if he's as good as he's gonna be right now, I think. If you gave me if you gave me even money on both teams, you would still I think take Golden take, Guardians. No, I think I'd take Optic. If you gave me exact even money, I think yeah. I'd take Optic. I, I like I think Optic it's here. It's just too 50, much. 50 matchup. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the thing is, I think the other angle to to think about from this is Optic's bot lane against FBI and Huhi. Like, because to me, that's actually the bit. That's the big matchup. And like this is exactly I don't think the kind arrow of, and big are ever just gonna stomp somebody though. Like I, I don't know, dude. Arrow plays to stomp really hard. I don't know if they're gonna if they're gonna go stompsville on anybody. This is this feels like such a draving game, by the way. Yeah, I kind of talked myself into optic a little bit more as as we keep. The thing is, about it's it, like fifty, like minus one fifty two is just like it's just too heavy. I feel it's like just a, it's right there. It's really close. Like I want one thirty on this. I don't want one fifty two. I would, I, you know what? If I just like looked at it, gut checked, I'd probably bet one forty two, one fifty two. I'm like, eh, it's a little. I know it seems dumb to quibble over twelve points like that, especially in esports. It, matters, it does. Well, and and we, I mean, we've talked about this before too. Like esports, the, the 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 margins are so ridiculous that you almost don't care about twelve points like you would in traditional sports, right? But it, it's so weird. Like just visually, it feels weird looking at like a five there, like a one minus one five, right? <laughs> I don't know. It's like just like a weird psychological thing. I'm probably going to end up betting Optic, but for like a little bit, like one or two units. So uh, TSM minus 238, 100 Thieves plus 170. Ooh, back on the Thieves train. I'm in on Thieves. I'm yeah, actually on the Thieves. I have uh, I have a Thieves uh, par line or Thieves money line parlay this weekend. Yeah, I love the Thieves at yeah. plus 170 there. That's plus 170, man. Get out of here. And TSM have been... Pretty bad. <laughs> you remember when everyone was like, oh, yeah, now that Griggs out, they're going to be. You remember when everyone was like, they're clearly the second best team in North America. They should have beat Liquid. Uh, literally two weeks team. ago. Do you remember, yeah. two, you remember two weeks ago? Everyone was like, oh, yeah, the second best team in, in, in North America. And then last week they were like, oh, never mind. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> Where are you guys at? Where did everybody go? I'm not getting those Twitter messages I'm, lately. Dude, this is insane value to me. Yeah, like, I, this, this is, is insane. Though. Like, if I'm capping this, this is probably like TSM minus one seventy. Yeah, this is Chris's pick of the week, by the way. Yeah, this is Chris's pick of the week, and and I think with good reason. And I love it. I'm yeah, love it. I'm all over it. By the way, this is this is good. This is good exercise from Chris. Chris pick, thinks TSM wins the game, but likes the Chris. I want to just point this out because Chris has been a clinic for value betting. So for our pick of the weeks this year, you know, I'll just cover this. I'll just cover this when we get to it. But Chris has basically just been value picking every week, and he's crushing it. Yeah. So it's just there's something to be said for that. But we'll, we'll get to that when we get there. So, um, so he thinks TSM is likely to win the game, but he loves Hundred Thieves plus one seventy. And I'm, I actually think Hundred Thieves could have this. Uh, I think they're. I think I they would win this favorite. outright. It wouldn't blow my yeah. mind at all. So I think they're favorites. And so. the value is obscene. That's ridiculous. Liquid minus two twenty seven, Cloud Nine plus one sixty three. I actually think I'm going to pay for Liquid here. Yeah, I, I don't, th- I don't think I. I feel like Liquid takes this game very seriously, and I think Liquid is a cut above Cloud Nine. Yeah. So I think Cloud Nine take it seriously too. They're not going to clown around. I'm not sure I'm going to pay. Though. I'm not sure I'm going to pay for Liquid, but I'm not going to bet Cloud Nine. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay for Liquid. 
I just think that when they give a shit and they're not clowning around trying stuff, they're they're just gonna beat this team. I, I if if these teams played a best of ten, I think Liquid. I, I dead dead serious. I think Liquid win like nine to one, or like eight point five to one point five or something like that. Yeah, I think that's about right. So you're about right. And that's and I think Cloud Nine's the second best team in North America. Yep. I don't know. I don't and yeah, they're I I'm I'm gonna lay the two twenty seven here. This might be a situation where I just like, you know, lay to win one unit, right? Yeah. Like two point two seven to win one kind of situation. So Yeah, and I'm alright with that bet. I, I I might end up betting liquid in this spot. This is gonna be like I'm gonna bet that as a justification for playing like a unit worth of parlays or something. Like that's how <laughs> that's how I'm gonna justify it to myself, but uh, I don't. I I I just think Liquid would win this game. Chris likes Cloud Nine. I don't know if that. I, I mean, the when he's putting next to it, I think he just likes the side. So he likes Cloud Nine outright, not because of the value. Yeah. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I no, just think it's Cloud less likely. Yeah, I just I think it's less likely than minus two twenty-seven, which shows you how confident I am in Liquid. So, like, I think this should be like two fifty or more. Maybe three hundred, honestly. Uh, I, yeah, think I think Liquid's that much better. Even right. in a even in a best of one with two good teams, I, I think Liquid is actually that much better. I really do. So next up we have CLG minus three forty five, Echo Fox plus two thirty six. No touch there. If this wasn't Echo Fox, this would be a good spot for a letdown. Like buy like yeah. buy like bet against the hype. Bet against the CLG hype. Yeah, three forty five is just way too much to pay on CLG yeah, and no I'm not way. betting Echo Fox, so if that was FlyQuest, I would FlyQuest in that spot. I did it last week. I would do it again. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. If it was FlyQuest again this week, they'd be like plus 250. Oh, yes. Let's go. Um, clutch minus 167. FlyQuest plus 123. Uh, Chris likes CLG in the last game. Chris likes Clutch in this game. Man. So I'm trying to decide if I want this to be my pick of the week or not. Oh, my God. You're like floundering like crazy over here, man. Well, my I only have had two. It's either going to be Royal minus 1.5 against LNG or it's FlyQuest plus 123 against Clutch. I think I'm going to go with this one. I think FlyQuest plus 123 against Clutch. I think FlyQuest should be Dude, a favorite against Clutch. I don't... <sighs> I think this should be even money. And it's. I think it's weird because you have two teams that... like To me, they're like exact opposites, right? Like Clutch are a high variance exact team and FlyQuest is like steady, right? Yep. I do think FlyQuest is a better team, and I think FlyQuest isn't going to mail this season in. They're just, they're going to be competitive. They can still make playoffs. Like, that's yeah, not out of the realm of possibility. Make playoffs. Like two games, if Optic just completely self destruct, they're if in. They win out. If they win out, they yeah, they'll have a shot. Yeah, or if Hundred Thieves just isn't that good, there's a like a pretty reasonable chance for them to make playoffs. Like not a lot needs to happen, right? Not as much as people well, think. It's it's still a long shot. They need to win out. Yeah, which is unlikely, but. Yeah, they'd have to win out, but I do. I still think they'll be clutch here. Yeah, and I, I may change my thoughts on this. Um, if they, if they, I, I expect them to lose on Saturday, and that will take them out of the playoff race. So maybe I should stick to my original pick of the week because I think they have yeah, a higher think, chance of mailing it in when they lose. Yeah, I agree with you. I think switch back. Yeah, I think I'm switching back. So I still think I'm going to end up betting FlyQuest. Here's the thing, though, right? Like, this is a potential spot where. See, they're just, like, actually mathematically limited if they lose, right? I believe so, yep. Or they would need, like, literally everyone to lose out. Or so. Well, I don't so, know the matchups. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're eliminated if they lose. Okay. Unless it's, like, some absolutely crazy stuff. Okay. It's not going to happen. So, 
Yeah. Let's try to ignore that and just like look at these teams in a vacuum. I think this should be even money. Like yeah. I think FlyQuest are better, but correct. Yeah, Cluster like a weird like high variance team. Like this is like probably a FlyQuest value bet if they manage to win on su- on Saturday. The thing yeah. is, if they beat Cloud Nine, this is going to be like minus one twenty, right? Oh man, if they, if they be if they look like they're going to beat Cloud Nine, I'll pound this. This looks like kind of that game. This is like but... super risky territory because <laughs> if you like bet it, if they're looking good against Cloud Nine and they're going to win Cloud Nine, you could probably get in while the getting's good. Yeah. But you're also gonna be like kind of tempted to wait until like if Clutch randomly like if like Clutch randomly beats CLG maybe <laughs> well if Clutch beats CLG if they both win then it's just probably gonna stay the same right yeah maybe maybe it's like plus one ten now or something I don't know I like FlyQuest but I'm gonna be dependent on the situation here so I'm gonna I'm gonna pass I with the caveat of elimination I think I'll bet FlyQuest either way but I changed my pick of the week back okay. All right, so that's it. Uh, we ran really long this week, but let's do our pick of the week real fast because I didn't do one. So you want to do Calvin and Chris's for me real quick while I write one down and then... Sure. So Calvin has gone with Jin Air <laughs> obviously 306 against Hanwha Life. We love we love Calvin, man. Calvin, he does what he does. Goes for the Jin Air plus 306. I love it. Uh, Chris with the 100 Thieves plus 170 against TSM. I think we're all behind that bet. I think that's just a fantastic bet. And I went with Royal minus 1.5 against LNG at plus 109, which I also love as well. Yeah, I'm like really torn between like literally three of these. I don't want to have, I don't want the cast to have too much Jenner exposure. <laughs> like legit, I don't, like I, like I kind of want to do Jenner plus 1.5. But I don't actually believe in that as much as I believe in like RNG. Do what you believe in. So I'm gonna go. What about with... the other hundred thieves game? Oh, uh, that's what it was. I like that one. So we'll do. Um... Yeah, I think that's incredibly good value. We'll go hundred thieves. The plus so one. He's got it against TSM. Yeah, we'll go hundred thieves plus one hundred five against Golden Guardians. Yeah, I like that one a lot. So that's a double good... double hundred thieves. And then alternatively, I like the Genera plus 1.5 at plus odds. Any kind of plus odds. You could probably shop around and find the really good number on that. Um, plus 1.5 against GG. Okay. So, um, let's see. We have, so far in pick of the weeks, just to recap. So, we now have three people in the green. You're back into the green now after last week. So, uh, I lost on Afrika last week at minus 1.5 against KT. I am furious about that series in ways that me too i also got destroyed on a so, big parlay there yeah uh so i'm i'm down to i'm at 12 and 8 uh plus 5.01 units john is at nine and nine but he is now in the green at plus uh 0.85 units with uh invictus plus 100 against fun plus last week that was a good bet for all of us i think yeah uh chris hit damwon plus 20, 124 against griffin uh, oh yeah, I wanted to talk about Chris's value betting real quick. So, Chris's bet, Chris has yet to bet. He's one minus odds bet the entire year. Yep, he's doing like the the less all in Calvin approach. He's Calvin, just yeah. value betting and he's killing it. So Chris is eleven and eight, right? Same record as me, essentially. He's another two point five units ahead of me, which gives you a sense of like why value betting is like 
can be a thing, right? So he's up to plus 7.56 units. He's in the lead on the cast. So Chris is killing it. What a legend. I know. Uh, Calvin falls to 3-15 and 15 with Captain Longshots over here. He lost on FlyQuest plus 140 against CLG last week. I was on that as well. Heartbreaker. He is at minus 4.86 units. So actually not too bad considering. Um. I felt really, really good about last weekend and got crushed. I feel really, really good about this weekend, and hopefully we don't get crushed. Um, I think I'm just. I think we're just going to skip sign off this week. For sign off, you want to just uh, talk about? Oh yeah, futures, parlay? futures. Yeah, let's do futures. Yeah, our futures. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, because I found mine. <clears throat> uh, well, I mean, I already have mine. It's uh. So I'm on. I have damn one. Let me pull up my sheet here. So, I have a. I know futures are like almost negative. We should we can talk about this as a topic too. Futures bets are almost always bad EV. I think a lot of people get kind of caught up in this uh, because what what can happen is <clears throat> I got to explain the the math behind this, right? If you have a bunch of different numbers for like a, a list of futures odds, right? Basically, what the book can do is they can hide a whole bunch of juice. In the total number. So mm-hmm. the theory is that if you bet like one unit on every single team, right? You'd be like, oh yeah, if I bet one unit on every single team, like it's a, it's a, it, you know, it's probably a minus at some point. It's a bigger minus than you would think. Like I, I'm, I'm trying to think of like Vegas, it's usually what, like 17% I think on futures is like what they usually get. It's something like that where like the VIG is like higher than it would be for like just like a normal, like, you know, couple percent right i have a couple few i I actually have a handful of futures in of different weights um so i have i was able to get damn one at plus eight thousand and plus seven or plus four thousand and no i got them i got all my damn one wagers in at plus four thousand they're now plus two thousand uh, so that's probably my best future right now. This is to win the world championship, by the way. So, um, I know your best future already is liquid to win summer. No, uh, check. Well, I'll, I'll tell you a very wild stat. Go so in the last two years, I've done very well overall betting league of legends. I've made three times as much money on futures as everything else combined. Wow. Like futures. I Any absolutely kind of long dominate shot? futures. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to see from my favorite future, and I'm going to add a couple onto there to explain to you like how I bet futures. See, I'm curious. And I have dominated them, and I expect to dominate this split as well. So my favorite future at the moment is getting 92 to one on Liquid G2, SKT, and Royal all to win their leagues. You're getting 92 to one on that. 92 to one. And I also have Holy just shit. to give like the viewers an example of how I bet futures. I also have. SKT, Liquid G2, and Invictus at 74 to 1. And I also have Royal G2, Liquid, and Griffin at 103 to 1. Like, I, I basically this. have taken the two best teams from every region and just mixed in all the possibilities except, the this split, yeah. except this split I didn't even have to because I'm so confident that Liquid and G2 are going to win. That I didn't even have to mix in other teams. So Last can... split, I had Fnatic and G2 as my two EU teams. And I had um, Cloud9 and Team Liquid as my North American teams. But this split, I was so confident that I got to cut down on what I bet. And I just did 
every combination of so I have those. So did let's, you, do, those did you add a third right? and fourth team in, in in the LCK and OPL? There's no third and fourth team. I just did Griffin at payout about the same. Um, and then I have two teams. So I just have G2 and Liquid, which I would say is my favorite, really my favorite parlay. Um, and then since that's just a two teamer, the amount that I bet on that is significantly higher yeah, than the, so, the amount I bet on the threes and the what four. Are you, what are you getting odds wise on that? Because <clears throat> I know Liquid uh, is like plus 130 ballpark or they were. I am getting eight and a half to one on Liquid Holy and G2. Holy cow. That's insane. Um, my futures at the moment. That's insane. If Royal, if Royal G2, Liquid, and SKT all win their leagues, it'll be like over $50,000. That's insane. Yeah. Like, and, and that's like, and that's like very reasonable. That's the most likely scenario, I would say. Yeah. And I have some fail safe. Like, if Griffin comes back and wins or if IG comes back and wins, I still get somewhere in that same ballpark. And the total investment for that, is like, uh, like how many units roughly? It's like four units is the is the total investment, and I can win like between fifty and seventy five units depending on the results. Yeah, I was gonna say you're getting like ninety two to one kind of odds. That's like insane kind of. That's... A lot of those bets are literally only like a lot of my four teamers are between point one and point five units, so they're not a big investment. Yeah, but they pay out so and they pay out huge. And the thing is, like, this isn't like traditional sports where you're you're. It's it's pretty easy to see. like it's harder in traditional sports to be like okay the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to win the Golden State Warriors are going to win you know yeah uh, it's much harder I would never do this Patriots are going to win because in real sports I think the the it's a little bit more competitive like top to like not top to bottom but at the top there's also a lot of like injury factor and interseason trades and stuff like that that yeah. really aren't likely to happen here but in any case that's how I bet futures and in last split. Um, I hit my four teamer, my three teamer, my and my two teamer, as well as individual. Like I also just have bets on Liquid and G two individually to win their leagues. G two were like minus money to win EU, weren't they? They were like minus uh, one forty or something. Bovada, I got them at plus one seventy. Oh yeah, I forgot and about this. You right after I bet this. them, they took it down and then they put it back up. And the same thing happened with Liquid. I got them at plus one seventy five, and then Bovada took them down and put them back up. About like one thirty, I think they put it back up at right. I think I remember uh, that number. So. Yeah, but in any case, if you ever want to try, if you can afford to to put the money away for a little while, yeah, that's and, that's and the be- season, that is the downside. That's a great to way to bet futures, and I've absolutely destroyed futures in the last two years. So yeah, it's it's kind of interesting, and we could maybe do a whole. That's like a good topic too. Is like just discussing how, like r- the real differences between this and traditional sports, like bet like traditional sports bet like betting traditional sports versus betting League of Legends. Like there's. Because I think if you're like a purist, a lot of the purists would say there isn't a difference. You just take value where you see it and it is what it is. There's definitely differences. <clears throat> the first time I talked to uh, a friend of mine, uh, CSU Ram, I'm sure a lot of people will know, Peter Jennings. Mm-hmm. First time I talked to him, I was talking to him about betting exact score in a match. I was like, I wanna, I'm want i going to bet this 2-1 that's coming up. And he was like, oh, that's a fish bet. Like, you can't bet exact score. Like, nobody bets exact score. Like and that's that's actually just true. I mean, he's a he's a very sharp normal sports better. Yeah, he knows that those are fish bets in normal sports. They're not always fish bets in league because they're you're not betting the exact score of a basketball game that's going to be ninety one to eighty eight or whatever. You're yeah. betting just two one two zero. Yeah, but in any case, there's lots of differences. We'll talk about them. Yeah, sometime. that's a that's a that's a good topic. Maybe we'll put that on the docket for uh, 
next couple weeks or something because I or that might be like an off season topic because that's like or like between worlds or something because that's I think that's a really interesting topic because I mean, we we it looks like we because I, I mean me I I'm heavy on parlays like that's my thing I've been killing I mean I've had a bad couple weeks because screw Africa but uh, generally like I've been killing it there like my my what's it called my return. My return, obviously your returns are going to be higher varying some parlays or whatever, but I'm like almost a 14% return like over the year on parlays. I haven't looked up my, my percent return, but I can tell you for sure that parlayed futures are by far my biggest winner. Yeah, and, and you're probably going to have an absurd number. You're going to be like plus they're, 100% they're really or something big. like that. But, you know, <laughs> it's – so anyway, that's I think that's an interesting topic. Uh, i touch on that for next time. I know we ran really, really long this week, but we also kind of like – we got kind of a late start and – and we just love you guys, and we love life. Exactly. So, let's uh, call it a week there. Everybody, good luck this weekend, and see you on the rift, boys. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode. Oh.